Freddy Krueger turns four. Dwight Schrute rocks and Marvel bets on Wesley Snipes and wins big. This week on 30-20-10. Hi, everybody. Welcome to 30-20-10, the Internet's leading pop culture time machine where we go back in time 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Get it? Yeah. We're looking at 1988, 1998, and 2008, specifically August 16th through the 23rd. All of the movies, TV, music, and video games, and other minutia that released within that period. It'll help you get a sense of where you were and what you were doing all those times ago. And you can tell us in the comments, but but for now, shut up and let us tell you what we were doing. (laughs) Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman, and I want a divorce! (laughs) (laughs) It's me, Sarah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to top that one. No, I can't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of really fun stuff. And uh, finally, some. Uh, it's weird. I thought that, I, I guess at certain points in history, even the video games backed off of the summer. I thought that was the time where I was caught up with video games, but I guess they were old. But we have a really big, significant one that ties into books. Yep. How's that for a tease? Uh, but other Ooh. than that, um, some semi-exciting movies, worthless television, uh, and a bunch of other stuff I can't wait to talk about. But beginning like we always do in 1988, uh, let's start out with a little bit of news to to really wade into the week of August 17th to the 23rd of 1988, uh, because I think during the TV this week, all, almost all of the channels are preoccupied with the Republican National Convention, because, why is that, Dee? Oh, boy, on August 17th, the, Repub- <laughs> ah, the Republicans <laughs> formally nominate... Vice President George H.W. Bush for president with Indiana Senator Dan Quayle as his running mate. Woo! Nagada! 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 <laughs> <laughs> a thousand points of light. Uh, that's, it's, isn't that sad? That's the only way I'll remember him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> through Dana Carvey's impression of him. It's true. Uh, well, at least you remember him. Do you remember anything about Dan Quayle? Uh, he was he, vice president oh, for four years. He misspelled a potato. word I can't spell on a regular potato? basis. Depending, de- tomato. You mix it up sometimes. It just happens. There's- the way that he misspelled it, it they're, spa- they're spelled the same way. Look, you spell potato, <laughs> I spell potato. It can happen. I, I remember George H.W. Uh, Bush threw up on some Japanese that's people. That, that's pretty significant. But again, I only remember that because SNL's recreation with Dana Carvey was fucking hilarious. But- yeah, I just kind of want to point out Dan Quayle here and everyone said, oh man, he was so so underqualified because he'd been in the house for a little bit and then he was a senator for eight years and we get into the next couple weeks and we see who else gets to run 20 years later mm-hmm. boy we're gonna miss dan quayle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird because um presidential nominees you feel like you hear again you hear of them again from time to mm-hmm. time whereas dan quayle was one of those vice presidential candidates that I never heard anything about him ever again. I don't. Yeah. I'm well, pretty he's, sure he's not still a senator, and that's the only thing I'm positive about. What is he doing? I, I mean, don't like know. he nothing. Didn't... He's doing nothing. He wrote a book a couple of years later after leaving office, and that's about it. Went back to Indiana. I mean, is he secretly just like a classy, chill dude, and that's why he's not on Fox News? <laughs> like, well, what the yeah. fuck? Any, any, I it's think, possible. Yeah. yeah, anybody around John McCain's age is a classy Republican. Anybody younger uh, than that is awful. Anyway, not uh, to, my bias is showing. Oh, pretty sure we can find some exceptions <laughs> oh, to that. Um, but it's August twenty-first. Oh Jesus! The Iran-Iraq war ends after eight years, and about one million people dead. Yep. Why did I say and that? It did nothing. Everything was the same. <sighs> well, they didn't move a border. They didn't overthrow a ruler. No. 
Really? I know it made hard it made it harder for us to fight Iraq later. Yes. <laughs> but that's in that Saddam was still in charge when the war ended. Uh yeah. 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 yeah, it was bad fucking news. But yeah, it was when we buddied up to Iraq because we hated Iran so much. So we supplied them with weapons and we were like their pals. Weapons and tanks. And, and I think mm, I've read that like that went well. The the Russians supplying Iran with weapons like made the AK forty seven like the most popular gun in that yeah. a, in that area from then on. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but in happier news, <laughs> 1988 people, wake up! Come on, no more news time. We got to talk about some movies, including a movie I thought I knew about, but double checked and I did not. Um, this is not Blue Crush. So Rosanna Arquette, uh, Jean Marc Barr, and Jean Renault are not in a surfing movie. Mm. No, no, they're in a they diving did, movie. They're not in a David Lynch movie either. Mm. It's not Blue Velvet. Nope. This is no ordinary man. Don't think of Zack as a human being. He's from another world. He is a man about to discover the secret of the Big Blue. <laughs> the Big Blue. <laughs> Holy shit, like Sarah and I are just coming off of a lot of shark movie viewings. I can't believe I've never heard of this or seen this, I, considering my love of the ocean. And, and all I never things. knew who Jean Renault was before, like, 1992. Mm, Jean Renault, he's one of those guys that looks the same forever. Right. <laughs> mm. This is a diving movie? Because it's not a shark movie. Yeah. No, no. It's it's about uh, free divers. I guess it's based on a real story. It's Luke Besson's, like, second or third movie. Mm. Um, so he's just picking up steam. And huh. um, cool. that's all I got to say about it. Yeah. Good, Sorry. Because we got to move on anyway. And something I think you know more about than I do anyway, because Jackie Chan's Police Story 2 debuts yeah. in, in theaters here or abroad? Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Jackie Chan is back. In the wake of his smash hit, Police Story. A madman is threatening to blow up the city. Oh, it's so cute. That dynamite was adorable. They don't use <laughs> know, regular so dynamite. Uh, Police Story 2, we eventually got this movie, didn't we, Dee? Eventually. I think the first Police Story we got to theaters, at least, was Police Story 3, Super, Super Cop. Cop. Yes. Uh, the which sec- the sec- has Michelle Yeoh, so that is a good call, because that movie's rad. Okay. Yeah, the second... I think that was the second... The second uh, U.S. release Jackie Chan movie. Because that's like one of the weirdest periods I, I ever... Usually you can't like disguise a foreign movie to an American audience in movie theaters. But like Jackie Chan made it work for years. Like using yeah. old... Like recycling his old films to America. No one's usually yeah. able to do that. They just... They never bothered coming out here because they thought, Oh, well, people don't like foreign movies. And it's like, um, these are... I, I don't know. It's probably like something held over from like the 70s or sort of the chop socky movies where mm-hmm. everyone is dubbed very strangely and they talk <laughs> like this. And they just thought, well, you could just dub them better. Yeah. But like Jackie Chan movies are such visual spectaculars right. yeah. that it seems so obvious that, yeah. So it took for all through the early 90s, we were getting these late 80s Jackie Chan movies yeah. or even earlier. We got Drunken Master from like, what, 78 or something. Yeah. We got it in like 99. Yeah. It, it was a crazy period that, that I think could only happen like in that brief time before the internet was in everybody's home because they could find these movies on their own and watch them beforehand. But who doesn't love Jackie Chan? I love that man. He's the best. Okay. And Sam, my husband, and our stepson, my stepson, are going through a big 
horror movie phase right now. Mm-hmm. And I kind of am mm. thinking about proposing they take a break and we do a Jackie Chan thing. Because I don't think my stepson has been exposed to Jackie Chan. And yeah. he's singularly charming and entertaining mm-hmm. and like such a great fun watch so i think yeah, maybe think i'm gonna propose that a hundred years from now you, yep. you'd place jackie chan and more articulate people than me have said this mm-hmm. you would place him in like the charlie chaplin three stooges kind of entertainer like it's just this is just mm-hmm. physical comedy most of the yeah. time but like <laughs> jackass style <laughs> yeah well Where, no jackie chan says that buster keaton is his idol yeah and the second you say that you go oh i get it yeah you're going sense. to physically demolish yourself for my entertainment thanks mm-hmm. jackie and i was even reading a piece on like are are buster keaton movies actually funny or do they hold up because of the mortal peril we can clearly see him <laughs> framing around himself yeah like that that sense to transcend time fa- like more so than a joke mm-hmm. or a comedy or like Truly, yeah. Will. Uh, but yeah, and I it think transcends language. Obviously, there's, there's. I'm not saying there's not boring parts in ja- Jackie Chan movies. There fucking are. Mm-hmm. But, but like, I think they might last a little longer than a lot of films that came out in 1988. Mm. You could still be watching yeah. them anyway. I would also recommend uh, following Jackie Chan's Facebook because it is delightful. He's a delightful man. Yeah. yeah. He posts really just like great pictures, throwback pictures of him like posing with tiger cubs and his dogs and stuff. Oh, it's adorable. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, but have you seen Police Story 2, Die? Because I have not. I think I might have. <laughs> but yeah, it's because it's back in sort of like the mid-early 90s where they might have released it onto video on a different title in the U.S. Totally. like, and So you'd find, that makes it a little more confusing. I think, like Brett had specific stories of like digging through Walmart VHS bins because occasionally, occasionally you'd find a tiny little company that would bring over Godzilla and Jackie Chan movies with horrible dubs, with horrible cover art under completely mm-hmm. different names, but you could occasionally find them. You just It was always taking a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Hmm. Oh, thank God it's not 1988 anymore. Uh, he said... Mostly because we have to talk about Married to the Mob, a movie I thought I'd seen, but I have not. Um, uh, I well, like this one. Aww. Yeah, I, I, it's I great. I watched this again, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved every second of it. <laughs> yeah, I meant to. I meant to rewatch this because, uh, I, but I thought I'd seen it. Michelle Pfeiffer, Matthew Modine, Gene Stockwell, Mercedes Rule, Oliver Platt, and Alec Baldwin, uh, 1988's Married to the Mob. Okay, so I've got a, a scene here to give you a taste Ooh. of it because now the trailers. They didn't quite do it justice. I don't know why, or they were too visual or something. But um, the plot is that Michelle Pfeiffer is married to Alec Baldwin, who's in the mob, working mm-hmm. for Dean Stockwell. Uh, Dean Stockwell and Alec Baldwin have the same girlfriend, who's Nancy Travis. You get to see her tits. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alec Baldwin gets whacked. Michelle Pfeiffer decides, like, I don't want to be in the mob. She's been really not liking the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. goes to try to start over in, in New York. And at the same time, the FBI is following her. The mob is following her. Uh, everyone's getting up in her business. And uh, yeah, finally, when she gets pulled in by the FBI, you have a wonderful scene. When you want to escape the mafia, I really got to recommend New York. Sure. That's, that's the place to go. Of course. Uh, <laughs> I can just see in this scene is I, I, I'm collecting movies that he's in. It's Trey Wilson, Nathan, Arizona. From Raising Arizona, because like I don't know who he is, and he died like right after Raising Arizona. So hmm. like every time I see him in a movie made prior to that, I get really excited. So he's in the scene with uh, Matthew Modine. We can finally hear him talk. Stranger Things fans um, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Then there's the matter of your husband's death. We know who killed him. Tony. And we know who helped. What is this? Where did you get this? 
You're in deep shit, Angela. And so's your friend. She's being deported. She'll be sitting under a palm tree opening coconuts by the end of the week. <sighs> you sleazy sons of bitches. Unless you play ball. God, you people work just like the mob. Yeah, there's no difference. Oh, there's a big difference, Mrs. DeMarco. The mob is run by murdering, thieving, lying, cheating psychopaths. We work for the President of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> timely. Uh, yeah, very so, timely. So I dug into this because I remembered it's, you know, it's really cute. And it is. It's light. It's cute. It's fluffy. Um, it make an interesting double feature with, say, Goodfellas, if you watch mm -hmm. this after mm -hmm. Goodfellas, because it's about leaving the mob and going to live like a regular schnook. Um, <laughs> uh, my Blue Heaven. But, I'll throw it in there. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. But uh it it has been enhanced over time by being farther away from the fashion of the time. So it's really over <laughs> it was al already over the top in 88, but oh, yeah. now when you watch it and everyone is wearing these like embroidered sweaters. Yep. And Mercedes Rule kills this movie. She's uh, the best. She's got I love She's got her. this giant fur coat that's got a bunch of like <laughs> raccoon tails hanging off yeah. of it. <laughs> it is, everyone is wearing these giant outfits. It's so weird. I feel like the 80s like the the essence of the 80s was potentiated in New Jersey. Like it just like made it even more exponentially 80s there. Like the the opening scene I think where they're in the hair salon and mm -hmm. uh Michelle Fiverr is getting her hair done. I loved it so much. Just the hair Everyone's and the clothes. hair is like you can't even touch the top of it themselves. Yes. <laughs> how do they sleep? So I don't even know how they sleep. The nails like it's all mm -hmm. so good. Yeah, I really like this movie a lot. Everyone's at their youngest and most charming. I love Matthew Modine. Yeah. He's really great in this and very He's so, charming. Such an odd little guy in he this. Is. But then to go back and realize, okay, so Jonathan Demme, the director of this right. movie, is on a roll like mm -hmm. no one has been on a roll before. Yeah. Um, we've already covered something wild. Something wild, baby. Um, uh, let's see. We started the show, I think, a little bit after. So we haven't been able to talk about Stop Making Sense. Then he does something wild. Yes. Then he does Swimming to Cambodia. Then he does this. Then we won't hear from for a couple of years, and it's Silence of the Lambs. Boom! Silence of the Lambs. Like, Jesus Christ. Crazy. Wait, and he reuses so many character actors that, yeah. like, a lot of people from Silence of the Lambs are in this, and you're like, oh my God, that's the entomologist guy. And including some of our mutual friends, because growing up in Tallahassee, there's no director who likes Tallahassee, but that's where right. Something Wild was filmed. So yeah. My friends have done work for Jonathan Demme ever since mm -hmm. because he really liked it in Tallahassee for some reason, my hometown. Love it. Uh, yeah, I just, I just, just put picks it up. up these interesting guys and they, they'll just pop up, you know, like Charles Napier will just pop up for mm -hmm. one scene. You'll be like, your face is going to get eaten. And my, <laughs> my friend's dad plays the angry preacher in the deleted scene in Silence of the Lambs. And okay. he's just a Tallahassee professor. Hmm. Um, huh. yeah, it's just, it's so weird. Look at my Instagram, C Antista, like S E E. And I just put a crane shot, which is like the, Magnolia Appalachian Parkway intersection. It's like, mm -hmm. holy shit, someone, someone shot this mundane horseshit intersection with a crane shot? It's just wonderful. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Married to the mom. Yes, I think that's probably my recommend. Oh, me too. I agree. For this week. It, it's it's very, very cute and silly. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer is killing it. She's, I mean, she's besides so being like the most beautiful she has ever been. Yeah, she's super you cute. Know, in she's this got movie. that thick accent. She's talking like this. So I want a divorce. 
but she really cares because everything in this house is covered in blood. <laughs> well, she's really great in it too because she just like really strikes that perfect balance between like I can totally see why Matthew Modine would want to like try to take care of her and like, you know, mm-hmm. take her under his wing. But then also she's so strong on her own too. Like I just love the character, the way it was written. It's like it's kind of – a great dichotomy between those two. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of like if her character from Scarface, like, got clean and went to college for, like, a year, mm-hmm. she yeah. would end up as this. Just yeah. one year, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, like... she goes to beauty school and she drops out. Sure. But, you know, yeah, as long as she gets clean and gets out of Miami, mm-hmm. she could end up here. Well, if that's your recommend of the week, I'm going to uh-huh. trump it right now with All uh, right. Nightmare on Elm Street for The Dream Master. Because this movie, I've, it, it gets a ton of shit. Uh, but when we did Elm, an Elm Street Nightmare, that's where every episode is about one movie in the Nightmare on Elm Street series through Freddy vs. Jason. We might be coming back if you want us to. Patreon.com slash time. You might be doing another horror series just in time for Halloween. Uh, and that's how you can make it happen and get it exclusively in advance, uh, as well as a movie commentary for something we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but Nightmare on Elm Street 4 kind of embodies everything I like about Nightmare on Elm Street, period. Yeah. Because I think... At its core, as a kid and as a person now, what I really wanted from Nightmare on Elm Street was not to be, not to totally be scary. I'd prefer it gory, but I would prefer little tiny music videos throughout where teenagers get murdered. The more visually interesting the dream sequences are, the more I like the Nightmare on Elm Street. And I would argue that the dream sequences are no more interesting than Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Uh, And that is out this week, starring Robert England and not a lot of else. (laughs) How long has it been since you've been on Elm Street? Don't let them put you to sleep. Welcome to a brand new nightmare. Now no one sleeps! I knew you'd be back. A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. The Dream Master. How sweet. Fresh made. R. <laughs> Starts Friday at... This movie has my favorite Freddy, Freddy death. It has, because Freddy dies all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. got, I think it's, this is the one with the waterbed kill, which is hilarious. Hmm. But this is the infamous, um, was this the infamous Roach Motel sequence? Yes, this is the infamous Roach Motel death where, um, what's her name? Debbie's face is ripped off, her arms and legs ripped up. She grows a thorax and become a ro- becomes a roach in a roach motel. <laughs> and it looks, it looks oh. amazing. It looks, it's stupid, yes. Yes. Because uh, Freddy... I love these movies. Uh, you can hear me say more. If you want to hear me say more about it, I'm going to cut it off here because, like, again, I've talked about this for an entire podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you establish the teenager's unique fears, and then Freddy exploits those later to kill you, to trick you into blah blah blah. But but Debbie just didn't like roaches. <laughs> like she had a roach on her chip. I'm like, dude, nobody would like that. This isn't her fear. But he kisses someone to death. Uh, this is. We're in full-on uh, scary Terry bitch mode because that that line had only been popularized in the previous Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Welcome to Prime Time, bitch, where you started mm. calling every every girl bitch. Mm-hmm. That's finally mm-hmm. happening. It, it is, but this look, you don't have to think this is the best one. I just enjoyed watching rewatching this the most, and all of the movies get worse from here, like way worse. In the Dream Child and Freddy's Dead, and then you get an upswing with New Nightmare and Fr- Freddy versus Jason, but. I think this is great. This is Rennie Harlan's, I think, director, like Hollywood debut. Hmm. And wow. be- because okay. he managed to pull this movie off on if you if you knew how quickly this had to be made and on what a small budget it, it had and how it looks amazing. And Hollywood executives saw this and like 
We're giving you Die Hard 2. Mm-hmm. If you can pull this off wow. with no budget, let's see what you can do with Die Hard 2. And wow. for a little while, Rennie Harlan went on to become a really prolific director. Yeah. I happen to really love A Long Kiss Goodnight. I think it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. We watched that yeah. uh, last it's year. It's awesome. Yeah, I don't think the great. dude's praises get sung, sung enough, but like this is kind of his start. In Holland. He did some stuff, you know, some European stuff as well, mm-hmm. music videos. But uh, he's perfect here. I love this movie. It's, All right. It's it's hard to recommend because it's definitely not the best Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It's just a personal favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Really, really All good. Right. Before it gets really stupid. Cool. And that's my recommend. See it instead of Married to the Mob. I'm just kidding. I might check out Married <laughs> to the Mob tonight. Now that I know we're not going to trivia. That's yeah. too inside. Oh, God. You want to move into TV this week? Because it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, it, well, f- well, Fox fans. Fox fans have very few TV dramas to hang their hat on. And so sadly, mm-hmm. August 21st, Werewolf will close its doors. Uh, a two-season show about, uh, I'll let you figure it out. But yeah. uh, a guy who's a werewolf. But like I was just reading a little bit of, about it. It's created by the guy who made a bunch of other, like the A-Team. Like this hmm. seemed like a sure, oh. a sure success. Um, but I do like, in keeping with the times, the late 80s, how do you become a werewolf? Oh, oh, oh. Hmm. Sexually transmitted? Oh, uh, I was going to say do some werewolf cocaine. Blood transfusion. Okay. Blood oh, transfusion. Oh, uh, so It can be bites mm-hmm. and hereditary, but this has updated the myth, the lycanthropy. Am I saying that correctly? <laughs> the lycanthropy. Uh, yeah, you can get it from a blood transfusion, because why the fuck not? Okay. And you're killed with silver shit. And uh, I guess that's what Fox did, because it acts the show this week. Um, <laughs> Gotham, a movie I've never heard of, a Showtime movie. Okay, yeah. Ooh. So this this one I was going to leave off, and then when I finally watched the trailer that Showtime made for its own movie, and it, it's just so glorious. And it's a, is it a Batman movie? No, oh, okay. no, it's uh, it's a detective movie with a twist. With a twist, Tommy Lee Jones, Virginia Madsen, and Gotham. Tommy Lee Jones is Eddie Mallard, a down-on-his-luck private eye who'll take any case for a buck. I looked him right in the eye and said, sure, I'll do it. I'll find your dead wife for you. No problem. Virginia Madsen is Rachel Carlisle Rand, a sultry bombshell who always gets everything she wants. There's nothing fair about me, Eddie. I start the game on Boardwalk and Park Place, and everybody pays. Eddie wants Rachel, whatever the price. There's only one problem. What if a man falls in love with a ghost? <laughs> you love me. Maybe a dream. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so- <laughs> Oh that my was... god! Is there anybody out there who can help us track down like Blade Squad and Gotham and these awful TV movies? What that? What was that? So Tommy Lee Jones I... is in love with a ghost. But I maybe. <sighs> I mean, it still sounds more interesting than the Brown Bunny. So I'll take it. Looks. <laughs> this looks really close to like skating on Red Shoe Diaries level <laughs> of softcore <laughs> pornography. Like, mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see how close they get here. Yeah, there was a lot of silk and saxophone Yeah, uh, in that trailer. Yeah. Oh, Gotham. Has Showtime Wait. ever made anything good? Uh, uh, <laughs> mm, I oh, do like the new Sasha Baron Cohen yeah. show. Good Home- on you, Showtime. Homeland had a couple good seasons. That's what I hear about everything So did Showtime. the L word. Yeah. A couple good seasons. That's really all A couple good seasons got. and off the rails. Yeah, just like Genji Cohan. Um, uh, and Dexter. I have a kind of a dumb question but where does the word gotham come from is that where did it start i like, thought it was it in 
a nickname for just a metropolis or something like that? Okay. Or is it New York specific? I thought it was New York specific. I always assumed it was. But then when you brought up, is it a Batman movie? I was like, oh, is it a comic books? Did it come from comic books? Hmm. It's like you make a town out of the word goth. I think that's... (laughs) That's what? pretty sweet. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. It was first used as a nickname for New York City in 1807 by Washington Irving. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but originally used in Old England, the meaning of the place Gotham was literally homestead where goats are kept. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Makes perfect sense. And then the Joker. Got it. Uh, sure. Understand the etymology there. It was A to B. Trying to kill time because you don't want to talk about anything else on television <laughs> this week. Sorry. I'm just curious. Uh, because there's some pageants. And in 88, there's no new shit. And I only got this because it was, I, I fell down once again, the rabbit hole of like, oh my God, I can't believe how many dead famous people are in this movie. <laughs> uh, CBS re, re-airs Irwin Allen's Alice in Wonderland's two-part saga this week from oh, 1985. No. Oh boy. And I don't have anybody rattling off all the cast, but even this promo will blow your mind. Monday, it's a magical musical wonderland with one of the greatest casts ever assembled. Sammy Davis Jr., Jack Wharton, Sally Struthers, Donna Mills, Ann Gillian, Steve Lawrence, Edie Gourmet, Jonathan Winters, Telly Savalas, and many more in Irwin Allen's all-new musical, Alice in Wonderland, Monday. This is without a doubt. I'm pretty sure I've seen this. I I don't doubt it. It looks... It sounds expensive. Yeah, it looks like, I mean, it looks like fairytale theater. I, I just always compare everything yeah. to fairytale theater. <laughs> Watched a lot of it growing up. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw this. And the cast, I, I even wrote down the whole cast because it is still astonishing. And I'm sorry, younger people, you're not going to know who a lot of these people are. Mm. I might make Diana fall out of her chair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hold on to your chair. Red Buttons as the White Rabbit. Sherman Helmsley as the Mouse. Shelley Winter as the Dodo Bird. Sammy Davis Jr. as the Caterpillar. Smoking. Uh, Martha Ray as the Duchess. Imogene Coke as the Cook. Telly Savalas as the Cheshire Cat. Uh, Rowdy McDowell as the March Hare. Carol Channing as the White Queen. Harvey Corman as the White King. Uh, Jack Warden as the Owl, Sally Struthers as the Tiger Lily, Merv Griffin as the Conductor, Patrick Duffy as the Goat, Steve Allen as the Gentleman in the Paper Suit, Pat Morita <laughs> as the Horse, <laughs> Edie Gourmet and uh, Steve Lawrence as Tweedledee and Tweedledum, uh, Jonathan Winters as Humpty Dumpty, John Stamos as the Messenger, <laughs> Ernest Borgnine as the Lion, Bo Bridges as the, the Unicorn, that, and he's not the only Bridges in the show! I, this is like less than half of the cast. Oh my of this, god. Because it's both Alice oh in Wonderland and Through the Looking god. Glass. Okay, I only <laughs> counted five live people. In there. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Patrick Duffy and uh, no, John Stamos. No, Patrick Duffy's dead. No, he's alive. Isn't he? Is he? I mean, yeah. in Dallas he's oh, dead. Oh, I always confuse him with that dude's Alan Thicke. Oh, Alan Thicke's definitely dead. Uh, yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. So sorry. Pat Morita gone, no longer with us. I don't really get the Telly Savalas as Cheshire Cat move. I don't know that that match oh. really matches up. I, it's, no, it's... he's kind of known for being not hairy. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then you make him the furriest guy possible. Yeah. I don't know. Well, then you're in for real, because I couldn't find, no one had uploaded the thing in, in full, but there's another promo for it with just one single line from Telly Savalas' Cheshire Cat, and it, it made me laugh a lot, so I'm going to play it okay. for you real Erwin Allen's all-new Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, baby. <laughs> 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 it's totally worth it. I'm going to say uh, that forever. That should be my text tone. Meow, baby. Meow, <laughs> <laughs> baby. That is amazing. And that is it for the television. Um, 
Let's stay in the music of 1988 as we uh, close out the 80s segment of 302010. Roll With It by Steve Winwood is still number one because there are a lot of white people in this country. Uh, new releases, <laughs> Dangerous Age by Bad Company, uh, Two Nuns and a Pack Mule by Rape Man? Did you make me say that, Diana? He, he goes by yep. Canola Man now. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Jane's Addiction's <laughs> debut, Nothing Shocking, which includes the uh, interminable Jane Says. Sorry. I our, love that song. Our radio station plays song. that way too much. That was my wake-up song for my alarm, actually, when I was in high school. It, mm. I love it. Jane's uh, Addiction is such like an undeniably great band, but every mm-hmm. one of their hits that gets played on the radio makes me not like them. They've been play- they've Because they only had, what, like two, three albums? And they just yeah, didn't have a yeah. lot of songs. And, they, yeah, that's true. and every album yielded like something that gets played on the radio for the next 30 years. Mm. Uh, the rest of their stuff's really good. Anyway. Is Perry Farrell alive? Yes. Okay. He's still with us. Yes. 88, I guess, is just where we play Is Blah Alive. <laughs> just to make sure. But, yeah. But, but a little less of that as we get into 1998. So let's close out with uh, Jane Says. We will meet back up with you in 1998. Stay there, people. Jane Says. Got a true fact for you people. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. So do you want to see your hairline recede or do you want to do something about it first? That's the thing. When you start to notice hair loss, sometimes it's too late. But you do have inexpensive options out there such as Hims, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. And right now, 302010 listeners can get a trial month of Hims for just $5 by going to forhims.com slash 30. That's the word 30. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. And thanks to Hims, you can avoid awkward doctor visits, trips to the pharmacy by getting products shipped directly to your door. What Hims does is connect you with real doctors with medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. Yes, no snake oil pills or gas station supplements. We are talking well-known generic equivalent to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Just go to the website and answer a few quick questions. A doctor will review it and prescribe you what you need. So order now. Our listeners get a trial month of Hims for just $5 today right now while supplies last. See the website for full details. And remember, this would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. So instead, go to 4 slash 30. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash 30, the word 30. Once again, that's 4 slash 30. Everybody, shotgun your Budweiser, but make sure the camera can see the logo because that's Kid Rock with Paul with the Paw. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
gross. Uh, <sighs> it's, I love that song because yeah. it sounds like half finished. And it just, <laughs> nah, just name it of the thing I said in the song. I don't remember what it was. Ba wa da ba? That shit made me That laugh. was a much more restrained response response than I was expecting. <laughs> I was expecting something more like, uh, I don't know, when you start yelling at hamster dance. Or, <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I, I can't What deny- was the other one I pissed you off with the other day? Oh, I forget. Um, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. But, but hey, it's undeniably a great intro. He just screams <laughs> until the music kicks in. It's a good <laughs> it's a good rejoiner. That's why fucking like half of a uh, right-wing radio uses it. Yeah, it's fitting. Just scream until the good part starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I'll continue screaming. Um, I use good loosely. <sighs> okay, 1998. That's where we are right now, people. Get ready. Settle into the 90s, okay? Okay? Uh, that was Kid Rock off of his brand new album, Devil Without a Cause. Very clever, Mr. Rock. Yeah. Uh, we also have new releases. Aegeus uh, by Theater of Tragedy. Uh, Candy Ass by Orgy. I Am Not a Doctor by Maloko and In Casino Out by At the Drive-In. Follow the Leader by Corn and Something About Airplanes. The debut, A Death Cab for Cutie. Ooh, possibly the polar opposite of Kid Rock? Y- yeah. Would you say? I yeah. don't, no, I don't know. If you haven't been listening to Bonus Time, mm-hmm. I was telling people I about my been. first date. And the first thing she asked is like, you in a death cab for Cutie? And I'm like... I actually don't have an opinion at all, and I because really? I don't, and uh, yeah, and it's like it's hmm. that was her favorite. How do you feel band. about At the Drive-In? Like them a lot. I love At the Drive-In. Is this so their much. last album? They break up right after this? No. Yeah, no. dude, they broke up like right after this. Right after this? I it would would have been like the next album at the most, and then um, mm. became oh my god, what's that? Sparta. Sparta. That is also broken up. I think they're yeah. back together now, but it was like right when At the Drive-In had like their first hit. They broke up mm. um, and had to rebuild themselves again. Anyway, yeah, um, it looks the like album? they get uh, two more albums or so in them. Is this the album that has in, invalid litter department on it? I'm not the guy to ask. Um, okay, I'm still yep. Wikipediaing Death Cab for Cutie. Okay, as we speak <laughs> for your see. next date. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's worse. She asked me to go to Atlanta and see them, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay, we'll tune see. in to bonus time for more discussion <laughs> about that. <laughs> the Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica is still number one. Still, I cannot believe that. Even with Kid Rock's Bob with the Bob, can nothing take down? <laughs> I mean, this week I am proud of you, gals. Way to go. Yeah, yeah. Fight them off. Um, yeah. But uh, August 17th, news to, to really wade you into 1998. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Ugh. Ooh, boy. Proof positive you can impeach a sitting president. Uh, Clinton testifies before a grand jury, then makes an address admitting to a relationship with Monica Lewinsky. Hmm. Oh, goodness. As you know, in a deposition in January, I was asked questions about my relationship with Monica Lewinsky. While my answers were legally accurate, I did not volunteer information. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Ms. Lewinsky that was not appropriate. In fact, it was wrong. It constituted a critical lapse in judgment and a personal failure on my part for which I am solely and completely responsible. Whew. Ooh, man. Can you imagine in 2018 the president <laughs> admitting to something? <laughs> 
taking responsibility <laughs> personally. No, you heard. I can see why you heard me say that. Oh my god! But it's wrong. I said the opposite of what you heard. It's just like the most infuriating part. I think of all of this right now is mm-hmm. watching the same Republicans who were shitting themselves <laughs> over Bill Clinton being mm-hmm. cool with everything that's going on right now. Well, they don't have a moral argument anymore, so they got to. Do they all have dementia? Like what the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, I don't get. Yeah. I generally don't, but generally don't. Yeah. I we're gonna I'm gonna try to just do a, a best of the Clinton impeachment, <laughs> which we will get to at the la- at the end of the year. Awesome. Um, I know uh, Slate I think is doing slow burn uh, season two. Slow burn one was about Watergate, walking through Watergate, and oh. uh, they're about to launch uh, slow burn two, walking through the Clinton impeachment. I can't wait yeah. to see John Goodman playing Linda looks, Tripp. I'll be honest, looks like small potatoes. Yeah. Um, Senate Judiciary Committee balls in your court. You're the one who starts the investigation. <laughs> do it! I wouldn't count on it. Not in this world. I don't recognize it anymore. <sighs> but I do recognize 1998. Except for the movie The Eel. <laughs> oh, by Shohei Imamura? I, that's the one it... you put down in the document, Diana. <laughs> you have a different movie called The Eel? I do not. That you like better? I do not. There, yeah. There's probably some 1950s horror movie that rules called The Eel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. No, it's a, it's a drama and... Uh, all about emotions and stuff, and it uh, shared the uh, Palm d'Or at Cannes with uh, Taste of Cherry that year. Okay. <laughs> okay, I would not have gotten any of that from the title, so yeah. awesome. Yeah, Immamore is one of those foreign uh, directors I feel like I should get into more, but whenever I do, it's just like so emotionally draining. Mm. It's like, uh And what can you tell yeah. us about the uh, the movie The Interview with Seth Rogen and James Franco? <laughs> <laughs> That it's, uh, it didn't come out in 1998, but the one with it Hugo Weaving and Tony Martin did. Yeah, um, that's an Australian movie. And that was pretty good. And I was kind of pissed off that it doesn't have like any trailers with dialogue because it's it's very stagey. It pretty much takes place in one room and is a guy being interrogated. Huh. And it's pretty good. Okay. All right. And it's just sort of uh, like, I don't know, the internet presence of it. I mean, maybe it just got run over by uh, North Korea. But it's a good movie, and I like it. Man, there's so many movies out this week. Most yeah. of these you've heard of. And they suck. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they all kind of suck. Uh, with a couple. A couple exceptions, but let's, let's get through a couple terrible movies. Dance With Me with Vanessa L. Williams and Cheyenne? 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 Like Cheyenne? Wyoming? I think it's Cheyenne. No, che- Cheyenne. How do you dance without music? It comes from the music. It's choreography. I compete professionally in the Latin dances. I'm Latin, but I've never seen a Latin dance that looks like that. She's black! Everybody panic! She she can't Latin dance. (laughs) Um, It's about ballroom dancing. Yeah. Okay, can we move on? (laughs) I would say skip this and watch Strictly Ballroom instead. Okay. I promise I will. Yeah. He said with fingers crossed beneath the studio table. Um, (laughs) I actually have a weird recommendation this week, but we'll get to it. Oh, okay. Um, This movie, at this point, I'm watching MTV every day, and it's really weird when a channel forms a movie studio, because they can really pimp a movie at you, like, really hard. (laughs) As MTV did with Mark Paul Gossler and Tom Everett Scott, you fucking three-naming... Three-name Three-name assholes. Dead Man on Campus. Who you don't worry, kid. Dale Mill has always had a rule that if you're a late, I 
as a result of his own willful act. You get straight A. I'm not going to kill myself, in case that's what you're wondering. Okay, now, here's Mr. Z. Who's Mr. Z? Mr. Z is the guy who's going to kill himself, whether he lives with us or not. Die. Guys will live with us, so his death won't be in vain. Yeah, you can see like Paul Rudd in there and like little parts, but um, I forget that guy's name. But he was uh, he was momentarily in a bunch of nineteen ninety late nineties movies. I'll look him up. Uh, but it's well, more important to me that this is MTV's first R rated movie. Okay, uh. which is strange because they they they've pretty much carved out the teenage market for themselves. Yeah, and MTV's uh, movie division actually pretty fucking good track record hmm. for real. Like I like Varsity Blues. Beavis and Butthead Do America is a fantastic. Do not say anything bad about Jackass or Better Luck Tomorrow. Uh, and I think they, they haven't made anything in years, but they kind of like settled into like, no, we're MTV. So they made the Footloose remake and the live Katy Perry, Justin Bieber gotcha. films, which are not for me, but I won't trash them because I still like the idea that there's musicians big enough to have like concert events in theaters. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. pretty fucking neat. Shouldn't only be PBS that can show a fucking concert. <laughs> La Traviata again. Uh, <laughs> but Dead Men on Campus, yeah, they have to convince, they have to get a new roommate and try and convince him to kill himself so they can get all A's automatically. I mean, the the nineties had some pretty mm. stupid premised, stupidly premised <laughs> young people films. This might be the stupidest. It, like I can't even. What if I told you, Mark Paul Gosler and Tom Everett Scott both play characters with the last name of Winklevoss? Then it'll make total sense. <laughs> this, it'll make. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, we also have out this week. Next stop, Wonderland, uh, with Hope Davis uh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, it's uh, it's an indie romantic comedy. Um, it's cute. It's it's about how it's hard to date these days, and mm-hmm. so this lady's mom puts a singles ad in a newspaper, and she has to go on funny dates. Aww. See a kid's a newspaper. It's like the internet, <laughs> but it's made out of paper. Is that when I? Is that like you when can't I? Le- answer and you can't answer back. It's like and when I let Sarah s- swipe my Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm mm-hmm. like your mom, trying to choose yeah. dates for you. Thanks, mom. Um, yeah, that's supposed to be pretty cute, but uh, yeah, the romantic comedy, if you can call it that, I want to talk about is a merry war, mm-hmm. aka Chris. Please tell us the aka title on this. Keep the. You're doing this on purpose. <laughs> Keep I the Aspidistra flying. Correct. Yeah. So, <laughs> good job. Yeah. Phonetics are my they, friend. It's called Keep the Aspidistra Flying in the UK. They change it to A Merry War in the US because that title is ridiculous, but it is the title <laughs> of a George Orwell story. Oh. And this is a George Orwell story that is not Orwellian at all. It's about a writer trying to write and having a girlfriend, and it's really cute. Behind every great man. I didn't realize your underclothes would be so complicated. Don't worry. I know how they work. Lies an even greater woman. He hates his job. He hates his landlady. And he never wants to see me again. I'm leaving to write poetry. I always wanted to be a dance band leader, but I don't ruin everybody else's life trying to prove it. You've got to rise. No, I'm leaving. I'm now a poet and a free man. (laughs) I love that guy. What's his name? Richard Grant? Yeah. yeah, Richard E. Grant. He's the guy from L.A. Story who imagines Mel Gibson when he fucks women. Uh, I'll never forget. <laughs> but, but I love him and everything he's in. He's like so, he's so quintessentially like comedy British guy. And Mr. Carson's yep. in this oh. from yeah, Downton Mr. Abbey. Carson. Uh, so Downton the, the big Abbey. reason I'm recommending this is mm-hmm. because this sounds like, oh, my God, is this ridiculous stuffy. I don't know, interwar story and everyone's wearing corsets or some shit and being proper British at each other. And it's that, 
but it's also about their sex lives. Mm. So there's an awful lot of people talking about sex and what they want to do and uh, stuff like, you know, not not adhering to the censorship rules at the time. Cool. So I'm it's, into it. it's a lot looser and more modern and fun than stuffy British comedies. My God. Um, Jesus Christ. Awesome. I hate that we have to talk about the next movie because I want to talk about it so much. And I know we yeah, have so if you want a lighter comedy, I will take a Merry War, aka, AKA the Espedistra flying over. But if you want a broader movie. comedy, you need look no ah, further than no. Leslie Nielsen's Wrongfully Accused. Who is Ryan Harrison? A master violinist? Oh. Oh. An accused murderer. I'm innocent. A fugitive from justice. We got us a murderer on the loose. <laughs> this summer. I'm taking you in. I'm not going back. Wherever it is. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> is wrong. Don't laugh. I'm don't, sorry. <laughs> don't let wrong. And this really did look pretty funny in this trailer. Yeah, but but I've seen it. I know what's wrong with it. But what I am also mystified by, as we covered these things from the late '90s and things like the critic, especially that like I think the Fugitive is one of the most successful TV to movie adaptations of all time. In that it left a massive oh, yeah. cultural footprint. Oh my god! To where yes. it's getting its own parody. Four years after the fact. Yeah. I don't hear anybody talk about it now. I rewatch it every once in a while. It's still pretty fucking good. Yeah, totally. But it, yeah, it's bizarre how big The Fugitive was. So it, and it's, it's bizarre that after the, what did I see them called? The Zazz, the Zazz team, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Suckers, the Abrams, like stop making their Naked Gun parody movies that like Hollywood misinterpreted that as, oh, Leslie Nielsen is a physical comedian. Like, no, Leslie Nielsen's 70. Like those, the Naked Gun movies work because he plays it very straight. Always, yes, he's, he he doesn't mug very he's not much. Mugging for the camera, he yeah. doesn't scream every time he falls. But like in these movies, like they just make him into like Jim Carrey's worst movie. Yeah. with this old man. That's true. Uh, and I yeah. cannot stand that they they misunderstood what's so funny about about Naked Gun and Airplane. It makes it's it so kind of sad. This is directed by Pat Proft, who was one of the writers on Naked Gun and God stuff like it. that. So we've got three in a row now from. We got a Zucker, we got an Abrams, we got an Abrams associate now putting out movies so far this summer, and they've all been awful. I'm so mad I have to wait an entire year to talk about Black Dynamite again. We just watched <sighs> it last night. So it's like, that's how you do a I fucking parody. God damn yeah, it. But I do believe we have the first Naked Gun coming up. Oh, oh good. God. That movie's oh, so yay. great. Show how it's done. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, I was just going to say, I mean, like, the movies that we've seen so far this summer, done so poorly, kind of shows how hard it is to do those movies correctly. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and it's not something you would think would be so hard, but proven to be yeah, so. Yeah, I love a broad comedy. Uh, I really sure. do. I like a living cartoon. And did you get his name in the uh, opening there? Oh, was it Jack Harrison? Mm. He's a cool. amalgam of Jack Ryan and Harrison Ford. But that's not very notable. It. But like The Fugitive, though, I'll recommend that. It's still sure. pretty good. Yeah. Um, look for a really young Jane Lynch. Um, but <laughs> uh, also out this week, Your Friends and Neighbors, starring uh, Amy Brenneman, uh, Aaron Eckhart, Natasha Kinski, Jason Patrick, Catherine Keener, and Ben Stiller. 
Oh, more base relationship problems. Oh, no. Oh, will these white people ever find love? I just think we need to treat each other like meat. When I'm making love, I don't really want to chat. She says I talk. I'm a talker. I'm accused of speaking. I'm asking for the best you've ever had. Well, what's your best then? Mine would be my wife. Nobody picked their wife, except maybe on a talk show. Holy shit. This... Hold on. This is weird. So I'm going to have... I think this preview was at the opening of my usual Suspects VHS. So I've seen this fucking trailer like 900 times. Never seen this movie because I love Ben Stiller and his goatee is... It's offensive. It's, it is... Jesus. What's, what's the modern word for whack? It is terrible. It is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I so don't... this is Neil Labute coming after mm-hmm. uh, In the Company of Men. Now he's making mm-hmm. a romantic uh, relationship movie, which it's probably going to turn out that women are bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Because Neil Labute, he hates women. Man, he does not hate. He just, no. Why couldn't I just made in the company of more men? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it sucks because I'm a real sucker for these kinds of movies with just like rich white people talking about their Mm -hmm. non-problems. And so I will always watch a movie like this comes out, Mm -hmm. when it comes out. And I remember watching this on Netflix, I think a couple years ago, and being like, yeah, this is like kind of a thing that I like to watch, but I realize that it is not great. Yep. <laughs> it's kind yep. of like my guilty pleasure movie. Well, good. We can move can we move on to the biggie? Sure, is which this- is I think a lot of other people's guilty pleasure movie. Yeah, but it's it's man, this movie's a lot of fun. It, we watched it. We it's our most recent one of our most recent Monday night movies, but it's number 1 at the box office this week. Uh, I'll see if the trailer can explain it. You keep your eyes open. They're everywhere. A secret nation of evil. Tonight, the age of man comes to an end. A war to save our world. Played myself, killed as many of them as we can find. A hero who knows no fear. He makes the weapons. I use them. Wesley Snipes. Stephen Dorff. Blade. Rated R. Blade, the first Blade. Yeah. Um, <sighs> man, we yeah just watched this, and I didn't have a lot of love for it because I was being a very snotty person at this point. And yes, the effects are a little bad, and the music is <laughs> hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm. this is a really fun film. It holds okay. up pretty fucking well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say so. I had never seen it at the time, so I only saw it like a month ago. <laughs> and... Um, it's dated. It's very ninety eight. Yeah, but it has it has a lot of stuff that I like. It's like a good B movie. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good B movie, and I, I can't express this enough. We, I think we said this on a laser time. We called the long hard road to the black superhero film. Mm. That Blade doesn't mm. get the credit it deserves because Marvel couldn't yeah. get its shit together yeah. to make a f- movie for the light. There is. In 1998, there's no X-Men movies. There's no Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. There's been um, Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher, straight-to-video Captain America film. And that's not kind of all you got. This is the first big Marvel movie made by a Warner Brothers who owns DC and is not interested in making Justice League stuff. Hmm. Uh, this is the first Marvel property, I think, to hit it big. Okay. No, I'm positive it, it is. But like most people don't... Men in Black technically counts. That's it's not true. Yes, mm. nobody knows that these are Marvel properties besides people who know about Marvel stuff. Like you know, like yeah. the general mm-hmm. public does not know that this is a Marvel. It's movie. A, and that's why it's a good adaptation. And it, it, I, I love that the stati- we were looking back to try and find the first Marvel adaptation, and I believe, if not the first, the second is a Toei animated movie based on Marvel's Dracula, <laughs> because in the seventies, both Marvel and DC were just like, well, if 
Hammer's just going to do all this public domain stuff with classic movie monsters. We're going to do it too. And to this day, like Frankenstein is a DC character. There's a DC character just called Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein's monster, but you get it. But Marvel had a bunch <laughs> okay. of Dracula stuff. Uh, and, and eventually to fight Dracula, they made a character called Blade, who was hmm. half vampire, half human. Uh, so he was gotcha. the ultimate Dracula combatant. And mm-hmm. I don't know anything about those fucking comics at all. In fact, I haven't read a modern comic with Blade in it. I have to imagine there's some weird deal with New Line that they get some money anytime Blade shows up. Hmm. Uh, because, But uh, he was definitely around back in the early 90s. But this is Marvel's first big success story, a franchise made out of a Marvel, a, a Marvel property. Men in Black was an acquired property through Marvel's acquisitions of old comic book labels. Oh they God. technically own the characters. Okay. But Blade is a Marvel character, and it's mm-hmm. the first time we saw success with that ever on screen. And I, I, I can't vouch for Blade Two, and I really don't like Blade Trinity. But this movie's, mm. this movie's, I think, a ton of fun. If you liked it at all back then. So when did the last Blade movie come out? Do not know. Okay. Do not know. But like, sort of like that's the kind of shitty thing about it. By the time it came out, we had X Men movies. So we had proper Marvel movies, right. whereas like Blade uh, is... 2004. Yeah. 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 So we're like already on the second X-Men movie. We have a Spider-Man movie finally. Plus there's like, if, to scratch the non-comic book mm-hmm. itch, you got a lot of Underworld is happening, which I think kind of which is hit that for terrible, a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it hit the same yeah. notes for a lot of people. I know like I, I've definitely seen more Underworlds than I've seen Blades, so... Yeah. I, I, I guess was really I, thinking... The, I mean, I'm glad someone else mentioned Underworld before I could because <laughs> I feel like besides giving us our first real black superhero and yeah. our first Marvel movie, I feel like this is the movie that gave us Euro Trash vampires. Ooh. <laughs> and that's like all we've seen since then is they're always like cool, heroin addict looking kind of strung out, going to yeah. raves and stuff. Yep. Overcoats and greasy I mean, hair. Shiny shirts or maybe see-through ones, and they're just always in these dank <laughs> bars, I kinda, standing around looking glum at each other until they start killing people. I kind of feel like vampires are the original Euro trash. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that checks out. I think so. Yeah. I think we could say that. I was just wondering, like, when the last Blade came out, because do you feel like it might be ripe for a redo? Blade? Yeah, I think oh, you could yeah. redo Blade. I but... think it would be fun. They've been poking around that for a while. Oh, could we make it be... You guys, we're, we can decide this, right? Let's make what? it be Idris Elba. Yeah, well, <laughs> I still have my dream. My dream okay. is in the next Infinity War movie, just at some point in the movie, Hugh Jackman shows up in a wife beater, doesn't say his name, and Wesley Snipes shows up in sunglasses and a Kevlar vest and doesn't say their names. So okay. we have those characters officially in the real MCU proper <laughs> hmm. because they're both done with those respective franchises, but mm-hmm. no one else will really ever embody those characters on screen. I think. Mm. Okay. Um, but they're both Marvel characters and they deserve to help overthrow Thanos. And I hope, I hope they can make it happen. Yeah. Um, God, but this movie, yeah, it's, it, it deserves a ton of praise. Stan Lee is, a, yeah. is an executive producer in here as is Avi Arad before he was removed from the Marvel production uh, group, but this is Marvel getting its first big franchise off the ground. It's bizarre that they had to do something like Blade, something that like there. When you use a character like Spider Man, you get a too many cooks thing. Like uh-huh. we got to make this perfect. Whereas yeah. like I think people left Blade alone mm. um, because he he didn't even have his own comic at this point. Uh, but yeah, this, he just pop up here and there. Yeah, I think he pops up here and there. And th- there was a lot more vampire shit in the Spider Man universe in the in the in the early nineties uh, than there is now. <laughs> 
Vampire so. shit goes in waves. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I've always liked the vampire shit. I'm mm. ready for it to come back. I'm down for it. Let's I do mean, a Buffy whatever. Like, so let's Bella do it Lugosi all. said, ladies like the blood. LL Cool V's. And as I look forward into the future of stuff we have to deal with, I feel like if you took Blade and you took Dark City and you smashed them together <laughs> and then you made them too long, we got the Matrix next year. Yay. <laughs> I mean, you certainly got the leather coats down, so, so cool, yes. Diana. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Can't wait for that. Let's move into the television uh, this week, and I'm going to try and not intro the name at all. I'm just going to say uh, his, his catchphrase from another show. Get it on! He grew up in the country and in the core. He was a boxer, a lawyer, a prosecutor, and a referee. In the ring and in the courtroom, He's fair and he's firm. A fighter and a family man. He's Mills Lane, America's judge. Oh my <laughs> I God. I, I, I don't know if Mill, Judge Mills Lane is a real judge, but he was a real ref, a boxing referee and he is the voice and character you see in Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> yep. Uh, he gets his own syndicated judge show this week, and that's all I have to say about it because you pretty know you pretty much know what's coming from there. Yeah, um, the, the funny thing about a lot of these judge shows too is that like most of the time they're it's not real court; it's like arbitration or mm. small claims court, which is like not really real court. So yeah, like it's not? yeah, mm. I don't know. I don't love these so much. It doesn't really give you a good view of like what actual no i want to see an old person tell me to shut up over and over again (laughs) without a lawyer present (laughs) um well it's not criminal so you don't get one i see i bring a lawyer with me everywhere Mm. it's like a tamagotchi to me um august (laughs) on august 18th uh lifetime debut two series i've never fucking heard of maggie and uh any day now i was Given the ladies the opportunity to chime in. One of these went for like five seasons. I've never heard of it. Uh, but Lifetime exclusive shows. I didn't know Lifetime was making exclusive shows all the way back then. Yeah. Uh, but they were. Maggie didn't last long, but any day now went for a couple seasons. Okay. We okay? We good? Mm-hmm. We have bigger yeah. stuff to talk yeah. about. Because The Simpsons has entered into its unprecedented 10th season for an animated show. This has never happened. Yeah. Uh, with wow. Lard of the Dance. Perhaps you remember it. Not because anybody's dancing, but mm-hmm. because Homer's collecting lard. Yo, Apu, give me the usual. Yes, sir. One quickie dog, one bubblegum cigar, and the latest issue of Success Magazine. Hey, this hot dog tastes different. Yes, I just cleaned out the machine, sir. So the snack you are enjoying has not been soaking in putrid grease. Mm, yeah, but without the grease, all you can taste is the hog anus. I'm so sorry, but I sold it all to the rendering plant. People buy grease? Oh, yes. They use it to make products such as soap, cosmetics, baby food. Used grease is worth money? (gasps) Then my arteries are clogged with yellow gold. I'm rich, Apu. Rich, I... Uh, yeah, that, that, that I'm glad we started out with the least controversial character ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't want to talk about a poo. Uh, <laughs> but that was the lead-in to a, a risky debut. Fox has a, uh, a debut sitcom that 
The Simpsons is airing at 8.30. Mm -hmm. There was another sitcom that lasted like three episodes that I didn't bother to write down. Mm -hmm. uh, that went on at 8 o'clock, The Simpsons' normal hour this Sunday. After The Simpsons at 9 o'clock, they debuted another show for the first time. I gotta say, the show and the song make me cringe now. It's not fair. It's mm -hmm. not right. That '70s show, I really did like a lot. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I thought. It, in fact, I'll, I think to me, it's one of the last multi-camera sitcoms I ever gave a fuck about. It was. It not only starred people my age. It was a little more realistic. Uh huh. Uh, I mean, they got high in every episode. Without the normies knowing that that's what was happening, that that fisheye lens, mm -hmm. whoosh, smoky thing. They never mentioned marijuana, but they're clearly high in every episode. Uh, I don't know. It's a very charming show. I think it's this weird cultural touchstone where, like, I recognize the older actors like Tommy Chong and Kurtwood Smith. Uh, Kurtwood bitches leave. Smith from RoboCop. <laughs> From from the 80s is now in this 90s show, and these kids who I've never seen will eventually go on to be our next movie stars. Mm -hmm. So to me, like that 70s show, just looking at it in 30 2010s context, it's like the ultimate. It contains well, two a, of them. It contains a ton of old character actors who yeah, come on. That's true. And, it, and, and mm -hmm. a ton of those people now are, well, for lack of a better word, are movie stars. I've seen. Topher Grace in a couple episodes of Get Shorty recently. Uh, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher yeah, used to hit top line uh, movies. Topher Grace and Mila Kunis have movies that are in theaters right now. That's they do. True. Okay. Uh, they do, he says with a question mark. Yeah, Topher Grace is yeah. in Black Klansman. Oh, he is. That's right. I haven't seen that yet, but I really yeah, want to. I'm so excited. Uh, but that 70s show, I, I, I really dug it. I thought all those people were super talented mm -hmm. with the uh, moral uh, <laughs> exception of Danny Masterson. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, like I, I don't, I don't remember why. Just and I looked, I was looking at the schedule. Like, when did this air? And because it's Fox, like through its eight season history, mm -hmm. that '70s show aired on almost every night of the week because of Fox like <laughs> shuffling it around. Mm. But eight seasons, other than Married with Children, this is Fox's longest running sitcom. Really? And other than The wow. Simpsons well, and King of the Hill, if you want to call those six sitcoms, I, I would not. But, <laughs> I would call them something else, something sure. also great, but not a sitcom necessarily. But I was I was charmed by this. I thought the 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 men were funny. I thought the women were beautiful. I thought the adults. Oh, were good as hysterical. it should be. I, I don't know, like, <laughs> right. but every, everything. No, the every women aren't funny or smart. Yeah, well, they were, but like they kind of get treated like jerks most of the time. Yeah, but the, they have I've a seen. bunch of fourth wall breaking stuff, and like I thought they had, I thought they had decent moments on the show because in the beginning, Lacunas's character, she's she was like fucking. I think she like lied to get on the show. Yeah, she's like, she was like yeah. sixteen or seventeen when yeah, she, she was, started. She was underage, yeah. and like she is a fucking brat and obnoxious as shit. And like mm -hmm. you, I remember watching her like this is the worst actress I have ever seen in my life. And then she just gets better mm -hmm. over time, and her character gets more yeah. realistic. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like I don't give shows this much time anymore to get good. But I thought this show eventually hit its high point. I'm annoyed now that I I got my uh, sling cable package. And that 70s show comprises about 40% of what's on television at any given oh, time on every channel. Syndicated yep. everywhere. everywhere. Those people are multi-millionaires right, right. like a thousand times over because of syndication. IFC, over the air, Comedy Central. Like, yep. that like I go into bars, like in bars and restaurants, and they're playing that yeah. 70s show. I yeah. hear this song. The I didn't know that was an Alex Chilton written song from by Big Star covered mm -hmm. for the, the opening called In the Streets. Hmm. I hear that at restaurants 
today because they're just playing that 70s show instead of sports, which is kind of the future I always wanted. Play an old sitcom instead of <laughs> yeah. a dumb game. Uh, but, but well, it's just it's an extremely dependable sitcom. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind yeah. of I was for some reason I put it in my head with like Drew Carey show of just being just dependable and fine. If you turn it on, it'll be fine. There's uh, sometimes really good. Like, even. like Drew, Drew Carey show, a lot of fourth wall breaking, a lot of like event or themed episodes, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of a willingness to be silly, which like, I don't know, wasn't totally prevalent at this point. Like Friends was still on the air. Friends didn't really do any of that. And that's the that's that's the one to beat. They didn't. They, yep. uh, but yeah. Timing wise, though, I feel like this this is putting 70s nostalgia to bed now because yeah. that was like all through the mid <laughs> 90s. That was a thing. And this is totally Dazed and Confused, the TV show. I get it. And I love that the story is they gave it so many different titles yeah. and every focus group just said, oh, I like that 70s show. Yeah. And, and I believe it so was all it, that. it was always based on a song. And they tried to get permission from that band and they kept saying no. Mm. So they had they had to just go with oh, that's interesting. that 70s show. It's created by Mark Brazil and a married writing couple, Bonnie and Terry Turner, who wrote pretty much every move, SNL movie I loved from oh. Tommy Boy, Wayne's World, Coneheads. Awesome. Like they wrote all those together. Uh, back in the day. Um, yeah, they helped create the show. Uh, I think Mark Brazil, like this is set in his Wisconsin hometown. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, the other people are just professional comedy folks. But yeah, I think, I don't know. Like, the, remember, like 70s nostalgia was bigger than 80s nostalgia because this had a spinoff that 80s show that everyone yeah, hated. Yeah, I do remember that. for one season. Yeah. Take that, Stranger Things fans. I don't know. Like, I, I never watched it when it was on for some weird reason. It just... I was into other things. I don't know. Um, old people you're things. You're too young for 70s nostalgia. That's, that's what your problem is, damn I it. I think that's probably it, actually. And I was probably Some of us time. care about the Carter administration. <laughs> I, I, didn't I didn't even think of it as in the 70s. I just thought it was a more honest portrayal of youth and i was a i'm i'm kind yeah. of the age of these characters when this yeah, was on yeah i get and i i don't know i was in 8th grade when this was when this came on and when it debuted and stuff i remember a lot of my friends watching it and i don't know it never really got into my head really as a thing to watch and i see it come up a lot as a like huge sitcom fan like mm -hmm. i am like i kind of feel like this is a huge hole in like my sitcom knowledge and so i see it come up on netflix and i'm like i really need to like get into that but I just can't pull the trigger on it, and I'll start to watch an episode, and I'm like, I can't. I no, just can't. I, I don't with like love it the way they treat, now. yeah, and a lot of the characters, a lot of the female characters, like just like okay, I, I get the, I get <laughs> I it. it. I don't like Laura, this. Laura Prefon. Is that how you say her name? Yeah. Uh, just this gorgeous like Amazon lady, mm -hmm. but like all these like prepubescent boys, she is like towers over all of them. Mm -hmm. it, it looks hysterical <laughs> now when I see it. Like yeah. she's just sitting there with folded arms. Boys, and they're literally boys compared to her. They're yeah. all tiny, tiny boys. Um, but Jesus Christ, I, I, I spent, it's like, I don't think I sought this out. It's just like, if you were home at eight o'clock, like in my age, this is what mm -hmm. you chose over everything else. Because it was on, it felt yeah. like it was on all the time then. It's on all the time now, and it's still working for people. Yeah, I've I've talked to younger people every time I poo poo it, and like, no, that shows that show rules. I'm like, oh, okay. okay, I respect that. All right, I respect that. I don't, I don't. It's nothing I feel the need to rewatch, <laughs> but I, I thought it was pretty good at the time. I feel like I would be like, oh, really? Can I interest you in some Seinfeld? Because <laughs> that's probably what I was watching. Yeah, Seinfeld reruns at this point. <laughs> Remember that '70s show didn't never coexisted with Seinfeld though. I know, I know. Yeah. There's no overlap. There's no yeah. overlap with him. And I, I had to look up for the show how the show ended. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's really cute. Mm. Um, because they had to like play kind of sort of fast and loose. And when the show was, mm -hmm. 
I love pointing that out. I've done on a billion podcasts that like what you think defines a decade tends to happen like in the latter half of the decade. Or even the early part of the next decade. Yeah, like yeah, a like, lot of yeah. what we say is 80s is actually like 91, like that's, 92. That's why I love Stranger Things because like I don't remember the 70s, 80s. Right. Like the real thick shag carpet, everything's brown. Uh, like the shorts are short enough to see your balls. Like mm-hmm. that. that's all 70s horseshit. <laughs> um, but like this, they want to make sure it was the super 70s. So I think like the season, first season finale is like seeing Star Wars mm-hmm. and uh, to, to ground it in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what the last season or episode was because like, Topher Grace and uh, Ashton Kutcher left but they sweetly came back periodically uh, to, to be guest stars on the show and the last episode of the show is a New Year's Eve countdown to 1980 just so the show never Aww. exists anywhere but the 70s and gotcha. it, it abruptly ends during a countdown at New Year's Eve hmm. um, very cute I thought um, yeah. we've, we've only lost one cast member of the show I think that was the reason why the show was in the news uh, the Foreman, the the daughter Foreman, I forget her, I forget her name. Oh. Died of an overdose. Oh boy! Kind of had a, a little bit of trouble there, but yeah, that '70s show. I think it's a pretty pretty important show, and I'm glad we got to celebrate it as best we could. <laughs> I didn't see this, and Diana threw it in. <laughs> yeah, we just scrolled down, and we're like, oh, okay. This, this movie is hilarious, and if you want a reason to hate biopics, I say there's there's <laughs> no better place to look than HBO's The Rat Pack. <laughs> starring Ray Liotta as Frank Sinatra, Joe Montana as uh, Dean Martin, uh, yeah. Don Cheadle as Sammy Davis Jr., and Angus McFadden as, uh, I don't know, Debbie Reynolds? Who we, like, <laughs> Peter Lawford. Peter Lawford. Um, no Joey Bishop? Come right, it's got to be the British one. There. Um, but this, this movie aired on HBO. They were legends on stage and screen. Frank Sinatra! With the Dean! How'd all these people get in my room? Sammy Davis Jr., ladies and gentlemen. Working together and playing together. One more, right away. What? What was wrong with that? You said action. We did the scene. You said cut. That's it. Living large on fame, friendship, and power. Now I'm getting sucked in again. Jesus Christ. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh, let's keep watching. It's a movie starring all of my grandfather's idols. (laughs) Uh, I remember watching this. I can only remember the uh, Sammy Davis Jr. scene where like, uh-huh. They're making a bunch of like racist jokes at him, and Don Cheadle's like, ha ha ha, and he turns around and cries <laughs> with every breath. <laughs> it's like the silliest yeah, scene yeah, I've ever yeah. seen in my whole no, life. I think that's like the best part, as far as I'm concerned, is is that yeah, they were constantly like making these race jokes at him, and it, there's a point where he does like a big tap dance number, I believe, in front of a giant sign with a slur on it, oh, um, and dealing with it like, hey, yeah, you're part of the group, but you're not really. Like, you want to marry a white girl? Yeah, don't. Like, yeah, fuck you guys. You guys weren't actually that cool. No. (laughs) Joe Montana. You're just hitting your wives and doing a bunch of cocaine. It's not cool. Well, the crafting of Ray Uh, Liotta. It wasn't cocaine yet. It was just incredible amounts of booze. There's a tremendous amount of booze. Oh, my God. Um, Everybody loves a fun, drunk Italian, don't they? Glug. No? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I got to say to the casting people, uh, Frank Sinatra was good looking, so... Might have messed up there. Yeah, I don't <laughs> get Ray Liotta for this one. I mean, the blue eyes, but that's where it ends, yeah. brother. <laughs> oh, why am I trashing Ray Liotta? I love that guy. He's um, fine. No, no, he's in one of the best yeah. mafia movies and ever made. I remember it's being, you know, it's fun when they start getting into the Kennedy stuff and Giancana throwing the election in Chicago for him, and then Kennedy's brother starts going after the mob, and oh, 
Frank feels so betrayed. Why, how could you turn on my friends like this? And how can like, you do this to me? I do a bad Frank Sinatra. Oh. Phil Hartman <laughs> and Joe Piscopo built together. I'm going to angrily throw this bottle. Uh, uh, I got angry. chunks of guys like you in my stool. <laughs> Get out of here. Run them out of town. Uh, but but uh, that is it for television. The video games. There is only one thing I consider interesting, but it is a pretty big deal, even though no one on these microphones is going to care about it. Mm. It ties into Sarah's love of books. It's true. Because it's the only time, I think, in history we're going to have a simultaneous launch of a book and video game. Can you... I can't think of another way this would happen. It is Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six book and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six the game. Yeah. To To Tom Clancy's credit, he created a video game studio. There had been... Tom Clancy games before, like, but mostly like mm-hmm. Hunt for Red October I movie games. I played that on games. the PC, yeah. and it was complicated but from he, what I remember. <laughs> he started his own studio called Red Storm as 3D technology was progressing to make a tactical counter-terrorist shooter based mm-hmm. on his book about the... Which isn't even yeah. like a Jack Ryan book. I figured if it was a cynical cash grab, he would have like put all his greatest characters in it. But it's like out of that universe, and he started a studio that took two years to make the first Rainbow Six game. Now a over a dozen games in the mm-hmm. Rainbow Six series, including a game being played right now, Rainbow Six Siege. Mm-hmm. The, the the studio is eventually acquired by Ubisoft. Or is it Ubisoft? I forget. Diana, no, Diana Ubisoft. Know. Oh, Ubisoft. <laughs> um, no, it's... Oh, that's right. It's supposed to be ubiquitous. Ubisoft. Uh, okay, gotcha. Uh, but... Yeah, they st- like the division. That's a Tom Clancy game. Like it's still happening. Tom Clancy's Wildlands. They're still. It's still a mega popular game franchise because Tom Clancy, either <laughs> someone brilliant talked him into it, or he had the foresight to be like, I don't know. The movies are nice, but like, what if we were in control of our own games? Yeah, and th- I think that's incredibly interesting because I- like Tom Clancy to my generation and younger are going to know his name for games, not books or movies. Well, I don't know. I mean, so I feel like this week in 1998 was probably the best week for dads that's ever existed. (laughs) Because not only is their favorite author have a book that's the number one New York bestseller, which is New York Times bestseller, which is Rainbow Six, Mm -hmm. but now their kid is playing a video game that they can play with their kid and talk about with their kid. You joke, but when like all those Battlefield 1942 games came out, I'm like, show my dad, I'm like, no, it's Stalingrad. Check it out. Like, holy shit. Yeah. That looks like the real Stalingrad. (laughs) That I've seen on the History Channel. Yeah, it's and like, a bit. Uh, I don't think your dad was there. <laughs> but it, but it was interesting. It was unifying for mm-hmm. a, 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 I guess, a demographic of men in the, yeah. in the late nineties. I mean, Tom Clancy is. It's an interesting. Laughable. Yes, I mean, it's it's very silly. I've every time we've ever gone to a beach house, there's a Tom Clancy <laughs> novel there, like that someone's abandoned. <laughs> there's usually a Tom Clancy and a Danielle Steele, so that tells yeah. you like. Oh, two people right. who didn't want to talk to each other stayed here before us. Cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's every dad's favorite author. And he's been dead for years. And yeah. I believe his son is taken, is shepherding the games at the studio. And I just think it's odd. In terms of video games, I can't think of another dead guy whose name still appears in front of games in order to lend them credence. Hmm. I can't, no. like, at all. Well, yeah, we're coming for you, Madden. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Charles Dickens's Assault on <laughs> Castlevania. Also a good one. Yes, very good. Oh, God damn it. But yeah. Emily that, Bronte's Cooking Mama was that, one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, 
I'm sorry, I'm getting very Jonathan from Corn right now because mm-hmm. we need to close out the segment. And we got to do it with Freak on a Leash. Um, <laughs> do we have to? Yeah, Diana said so. All right, cool. And, uh, it, yeah, it's <laughs> on their album. And it had a video that I saw once. And a dude that, uh, the guy that I had a crush on all through freshman year of high school wore that t-shirt almost every day. Ooh, I bet he <laughs> smelled horrible. Oh, I can picture the gelled spikes and the huge like ball choker chain wow. thing. I hope you guys have seen Sam because she does have a type. <laughs> Stop. She, she, <laughs> <laughs> the opposite type. Uh, we will close out with Freak on a Leash by Corn, and we'll be back uh, in 2008, folks. Stay there. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. So I went from having sort of never been on a date in my life to going on two dates that both went well in a ser- in less than a week. I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> I feel like a total piece of shit. One, we we've been having a great time. It didn't it didn't escalate into a full on fuck session, uh, but it but but it escalated from the app into phone into texting into like fucking phone calls. I was but doing a lot of driving. Phone calls. Fucking phone calls. And then she's like, I know this sounds weird, but like I have a wedding go to. You want to go? You think that's weird to ask? Yeah. But I mean, I, people I, need dates for weddings all the time. But. Wedding is kind of like a high stakes hangout. Like, sure. Well, I don't know. Like, I think if you whose wedding is it? Didn't ask. Didn't okay, it matter? Here's the thing: is what that, if it's like... the mayor's? I'd have to go. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord uh, mayor's to be wed. I want to be a mover and shaker in this town. About that, rub elbows with the goddamn mayor. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of august 17th through 23rd uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna fudge the calendar a little bit so i can make a recommendation uh this week 75 years ago in 43 it's just, oh man it's so this is washington and destroyer and passport to suez and all, all war stuff and yeah, I don't really want to talk about that. But then I was listening to my favorite podcast. That's not this one. You must remember this this morning. And they were talking about uh, Will Hayes and the Hayes Code and censorship in early Hollywood and mentioned uh, an important movie that I love a lot that is going to come out a couple months from now in 1933. So celebrating its 85th anniversary is Mae West's I'm No Angel. I love it. <laughs> I just love it. I mean, it's a Mae West movie, which means... She's a giant cartoon character of a woman who is going to say 
racy things to people and talk down to them and just act like she is the hottest shit in town. And it's just so over the top and goofy that it's it's adorable, but it's also sexy in a weird way. And mostly it's just funny. I mean, she's, she's like I said, a human cartoon character saying racy things. And I'm no angel in particular. There's a, a whole sequence where she's sauntering around a, a jury really slowly to get them all to stare at her butt. And then, of course, they, they all vote with her. Uh, it's short. It's fun. Um, and when it comes to censorship, it's going to come up a bunch on the podcast. You must remember this, which if you're a classic Hollywood fan like me, I'm assuming you're listening to. Um, so that's my recommend for this week. Stay classic. Coming in with Disturbia by Rihanna, because it's number one this week, uh, August 17th to the 23rd in 2008. Yes, people, Yay. we are in 2008. We have left the 19s. I love Rihanna so much, and I, like I really I feel like she was getting into this era where she was finally like releasing herself from like the bonds of like oh just be like bubblegum pop ponda replay, mm-hmm. and now get into the really mm-hmm. weird shit that she actually is into. And, and Disturbia is the weird shit. It's she was I think she was like starting to transition into that for mm. sure. Um, anyway, new releases out this week, 2008. Uh, Everything that happens will happen today by David Byrne and Brian Eno. They made an album together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fast Times at Barrington. They made more than one. Really. Fast Times at Barrington High by uh, the Academy is uh, Pro Tools by Jizza. Raw Footage by Ice Cube. First Love by Karina uh, Paisan. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Shwayze self-titled. Passion, but Passion. sure, whatever. Shwayze uh, self-titled debut. Mm-hmm. The Illusion of Progress uh, by Stained. Intimacy by Block Party. Midheaven by The Human Abstract. And The Fame by Lady Gaga, which will spawn two number one hits next year. Ooh, boy. That's like... Those, those are like my last teenage years. Um, seriously, with the Lady Gaga music. Mm. When I'm like swimming on the weekends, riding around all over the city. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. That, 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 that's like my last bit of childhood for real. Mm-hmm. In my 30s. When I was you lucky. were 28. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's fine. I'm I, Look, I, be, I moved out to the Bay Area for a reason. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's adult Disneyland. It's fine. Intimacy Bay Block Party is very good. But the movies... Of 2008, Tropic Thunder is still number one at the box office. Good. It was weird. I, I bought that. Uh, I bought it on Blu-ray to watch it for the show, and my dad came by and like he just picked it up. I'm like, oh, he made that dad noise. Oh, this movie is so good. It, it was so odd to like hear him like. It is like, oh yeah, Nick Nolte, Tom Cruise, and then like. Anyone else? Nope. Anyone else, nope. Dad? Like, like, no, that's so funny. My dad loves that movie, too, because of Tom Cruise. Right. Like, he's, he's like, like, oh, Tom Cruise is the best in that movie. I'm like, he, he's, like aged he's not out. in like, it that much. Like, and Robert Downey Jr. is pretty funny. I'm like, can't name anybody else like in, in the fucking film. And I think that was there some vague controversy that we didn't think. I still don't believe... Uh, by the way, that Ben Siller was doing a Tom Cruise. I don't either. I don't. I, ref- I don't there, believe it. There was it. discussion. Minor yeah. controversy that yeah. everyone thinks were wrong. Like, if he was doing Tom Cruise, and let's be honest, no one knows what Tom Cruise is really like. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's the way Tom Cruise is. I uh-uh. think. I, yeah. And he just wasn't yeah. like a fading action star yeah. at that point. That really like isn't his. He's More never a, been. A I mean, Bruce he was Willis a, type. Yeah. Or. <laughs> okay. Like a. Yeah. Yeah. 
Bruce something Willis. you can't pick. But I got it. I mean, basically, what he was really playing was Ben Stiller. Yeah. With a couple of different attributes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, movies. I don't is... know. I still I feel like forty percent power, Tom, Tom Cruise. Oh, but I, I, Bruce Willis, I see a lot better now. Yeah. Okay. I think he was taking his Tom Cruise impression and it, applying it to what he was doing, which is like, yeah, I totally get that. But I don't think that like the one to one ratio of like, oh, this is who this person is supposed to oh, be. Oh yeah. No, I don't no, think it was Tom it's Cruise. not a one to one. Yeah. You hear that? You bastards never disagree with us again. We'll derail the whole show, <laughs> especially about Tom back. Cruise. Even though we have a whole show. About that, patreon.com slash later time. Um, uh, but the movie's in 2008, August 17th to the 23rd. Trouble, trouble the water, a Hurricane mm-hmm. Katrina dog. Oh man, boo! Yeah, this thing's rough. Oh, I gotta really recommend this one though. I mean, there's you have your options when it comes to documentaries about Hurricane Katrina and the shocking failure of our government. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a this is a good one because it is very on the ground. A, a lot of it is about mm-hmm. this couple and them getting trapped in their attic and they were filming. You know, they had a, a video camera and they were filming what, what it was what? like when the is? levees broke and the yeah. water flooded their house and they had to try to chop through the roof to get through get out of it and it's yeah. uh yeah, people should be indicted, frankly. Bush needs to be in jail. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, this was very much boots on the ground as far as seeing the real deaths and carnage that actually happened from this tragedy. And I don't know. I don't know that a lot of people still really understand how unbelievably horrific it was when it happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if you lived in Florida, we did. We, like, met new people who had to leave their yeah. homes forever to come move four states over. Yes, uh, yeah. And our hotels were all booked up with refugees. Oh, and if you've been to New Orleans, even recently, I mean, a couple of years ago when Sam and I went, like, there were still parts when you're driving into New Orleans where we were kind of asking other people, like, hey, what about that neighborhood as we're driving in? They're like, oh, no, that still was ravaged from Katrina. We've just never been able to rebuild it yet. Like, they're still dealing with that and if you go to new orleans they still show you like there are marks like on street corners it's like this is the high water mark and it is it's hot i mean it's above my head like it's high it was insane yeah what creeps me out is there are tours in new orleans where they'll take you to the lower ninth ward and you can see like street after street where yeah there's there's foundations but there's no housing Mm -hmm. it's like i don't think i want to tour a graveyard quite that way you know I feel like there's a little bit of profiting off of human misery going on there, so I prefer not to. Yeah, agreed. But uh, New Orleans is fucking an amazing city, and uh, we need to protect it because a lot of cities don't have... I was reading a thing where people were saying, like, American cities don't have culture. There's just American stuff. And like, bitch, you've never been to New Orleans. Oh, let me tell you. So growing up where I grew up in Pensacola, like, New Orleans is our closest big city. So I went there a lot growing up. And it is my favorite place in the United States, basically. Like, it is unlike anything that you've ever been to. There's no place in the United States that looks like it. Like, you can go downtown in Chicago or, like, Boston or any big city, and you could probably be like, "Uh, uh, where am I exactly? There's no way you can do that in New Orleans. It feels different. (laughs) It smells different. It looks different. Like, it's like you're in a European city when you're there. It's unbelievable. And yeah, everyone needs to go there. More day drinking and uh, frat guys from Florida Oof. calling people F-words. It's the worst. Try to go there during a Pride weekend. It's probably my favorite Ooh, thing I've ever done. I've never been to Pride there. Oh, I went to... Sammy and I got engaged at the Pride Parade on Pride weekend. Aww. 
which is the best thing he's ever done for me. It was amazing. Aw. Yeah. That's nice. Well, uh, I went to Chewbacca's. That was the that's the nerd Mardi Gras, and it was amazing. Ooh, that's anyway, awesome. Well, speaking of, speaking of disasters, <laughs> uh, The Rocker, um, starring Rain Wilson. What? This is one of the biggest bombs of this year. I know. Which it's I don't think bad. is totally fair because it's like a fifteen million dollar comedy. Like I'm sure Booby's lost more money. Uh, but Christina Applegate, Jeff Garland, Josh Gad, Teddy Geiger, and Emma Stone could not save The Rocker. Hey, Uncle Rob. No, I will not buy beer for you and your friends, nor will I rent you my password to porn sites. I was just wondering if you'd play the drums with us. Yeah, just for one night. This gig is the closest I'm ever going to get to. Ladies. You're looking to score. I can respect that. We're on a five minutes. We're headlining. We shouldn't be going on until at least 11. It's the prom. It's over at 11. ADD just landed itself a new drummer. Look at the ascent of Emma Stone here. Like, mm. just last year in, like, a mm-hmm. little little role in Superbad. Mm-hmm. She's in two movies this week. Uh, but I never saw The Rocker. Did anybody else? I actually, mm. like, if I had seen it, I would have, like, mm. meant... It, it was, like, maligned, and I it, it had some milestone that I forget, that it was, like, it was one of the most unsuccessful and most unseen movies released worldwide in 2008. Yeah. But uh, mm. that's what happens, I guess, with a... Dwight Schrute led PG comedy. Dwight's not great at picking him, I have to say. Uh, what you didn't like him in the Meg, even because just because he had nothing funny to say ever. No, no, he just he has some hits and misses. <laughs> he was great on Six Feet Under. He introduced oh, me to that's Silent so true. Running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Rain Wilson could not save the rocker. Also this week, the remake I've been waiting for: uh, Jason Statham, <laughs> Tyrese Gibson, Joan Allen, Ian McShane take another stab at uh, Roger Corman's Death Race. What are you doing, Joan Allen? Gentlemen, start. The drivers are convicts and the rules are simple. There are no rules. That's entertainment. Barmy, you can shoot me, but you can't kill me! <laughs> On August 22nd. Sure you're up for this? Drive to survive. Good show, huh? Death race. Lead it off. Starts August. Uh yeah. Yeah, this movie's not very good. No. But neither is the original no. Death Race, but this lacks all the low budget Roger Corman charm of the original Death Race. Yeah, the original Death Race, charming, yes, is yeah. its main quality, mm-hmm. but at least it it's got its satire a little bit better. Yeah. Uh straight it's got its satire head on its shoulders better than this. Because mm-hmm. it's like they're just sort of racing around a track a lot of the time. I don't know. I only watched <laughs> this when it was on like Telemundo and I just felt like it. <laughs> So my Spanish, my Spanish sucks, but I figured it wouldn't be that important. Yeah, I believe uh, um, Death Race, the original Death Race, also the first uh, movie to ever have a video game based off of it. Oh, an no unofficial well. and un- unlicensed version, but yes. okay. Yes. You know, but that one's got like they're on a cross country race, and everyone's got this crazy theme, and they're running down pedestrians for points, and it's about the totalitarian government, the dehumanization, but on a budget, and it's funny. Uh, and this is just like they're driving around like a icky warehouse a lot mm. yeah it, it's it just seems like a it seems like an excuse to have it's it's a fast and the furious racetrack movie but there is comic book style death in it whereas the original death mm. race like they're mowing down civilians right oh yeah, yeah. well <laughs> i think the best scene is that yeah there's a retirement home or like a nursing home that every time there's a death race, they put they take everyone out and they just put them out on the road so that they can get <laughs> mowed over by the drivers and then they don't have to take yeah. care of them anymore. Yeah, what like, the fuck? Yeah, it's like a RoboCop, something you'd see a commercial for in RoboCop. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. uh, oh, it's 
it, Death Race 2000, let me add that to Classic Corner. Death Race 2000 is hilarious. Yeah, it's really All good. Right. Um, and speaking of Emma Stone, she's in a movie again with Colin Hanks, Catherine McPhee, and Anna Ferris called The House Bunny. On August 22nd. Hi, Hi, Shelly. The bunny. This is not a brothel. Oh, I'm not looking to make soup. Meets the brains. I'm here to be your house mother. You hired a Playboy bunny? This is your most important weapon. The water bra. Just stay away from sharp corners. And things will never be the same. Watch this, ladies. Think I dropped some money over here by this manhole. Ah! And it's freaking hot! The house bunny. I didn't hate this movie. Oh, okay. No, but I, I really, really I like Anna Ferris. Okay, okay. I think, I think Anna Ferris, I hope she, I haven't seen her in anything in a while, but I thought she was one of the funniest ladies in the universe. Mm. Like, Anna Ferris really fucking makes me laugh. You love Observe and Report. Uh, that movie's fantastic. <laughs> she's awesome in that movie. I'm, I am trying to think of a non scary movie funny shit that she's in, and I'm at a loss right now. Mm-hmm. But I, it is the, one of them is The House Bunny. Wait, you don't watch Mom? Is that, a, is that a movie? It's a that sitcom that she's like <laughs> that... been in for years with Allison Janney. Anyways. Wait, really? She's been yes. in a sitcom for years. Allison Janney yes. is like won Emmys for it. No, no. She wins Oscars now. She doesn't need to do, she doesn't need Dude, to do television. Don't debate yourself. She's halfway to an Allison Janney. halfway. Now you got to start singing, lady. Make it happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. So I really... So, I really wanted to see this movie because I didn't see it when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I, guys, I have a full-time job and a stepson and I'm in school. I just didn't get around to it, but I am going to watch it. I and watch I shit may either, Sarah. Ad- Relax. But I may, I think I want to address this like probably on a common show later mm-hmm. on because yeah, this movie kind of, I feel like I have some things to say about it, but I don't know. <laughs> but you haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it yet. Well, well I have things to say it. about you using might. Playboy as a cultural touchstone I, that's the in part a specific way me, that I don't like. Because it's an so. official Playboy movie. But I don't movie. want to comment on it until I see it. It's a, it is an official Playboy movie. That that Yeah, I don't. That's, that is icky. I get you know, it. Obviously, they're making Playboy look better than maybe someone else would make mm-hmm. Playboy look. But yeah, the idea that she is this very broad stereotype of you know just this sort of bubbly blonde person who's just really likes pretty things and pink stuff and all my boobs are in my way (laughs) that's how that's how bimbos talk right don't they don't they talk like this sure um and then and then she becomes a house mom to a sorority house full of losers including yeah emma stone and cat denning and rumor willis i think is wearing a back brace the whole time yeah there's two (laughs) full uggos Emma Stone and, and <laughs> Kat yeah, Dennings is real I know, but hideous losers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now, if, now, if I remember right, and it has been a while since I saw this, that, you know, she tries to give him like makeover type stuff. And it's, she, if I remember right, and please, please comment and tell me if I'm wrong. She, she gives them all the makeover stuff and they sort of make themselves over, but in their own way. It's not that they all become like Playboy Bunny types. And that's a good message. If yeah. if it was one of these, just take your glasses off and wear some makeup, and pull your hair down, and wear this down. big yeah. broad. Put your boots now. In your everyone's head and your legs great, and they like you. Oh, thanks for that message. I'm great <laughs> being someone else now. <laughs> I don't. I, I but, remember this being more yeah. redeeming than the critic. The critics always hate comedies, but um, yeah, especially yeah. female-led ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're probably yeah. much kinder. Which this. there are few. They're probably much kinder to this film, even though I bet it's even a bigger pile of dog shit. The Long Shots, starring Ice Ooh. Cube, Kiki Palmer, uh, Dash Miuk, um, I don't know, Tash Smith, but directed by uh, uh, Fred Chia Durst. Fuck yeah. What? Directed by Fred Durst? Yes. That <gasps> yep. much clout in 1998. Now, 
You gonna talk to me or what? Two people with nothing in common. Ah, Jasmine, come here, boy. Come on, girl, throw it. Do you know what a down and out is? You are about to take a chance. Receiver number one, Beyonce. And my personal favorite, Tyre Banks. On something that's never been done before. Girls don't play football. You're good at this. How's the team? Not quite there yet. I might have something that'll help get you there. I'm not letting you put your hands under my King Kongs. Don't you mean your ping pongs? Hike the ball. Jesus Christ. I was just waiting for the trailer guy to say, directed by Sir Fred Durst. (laughs) Sarah's holding up my cat to the microphone so she stops scratching the chairs. No, yeah, it's here, just, when, when this came out, everyone was like, wait, Fred Durst is making what seems to be a, like, coming-of-age movie about a girl mm-hmm. who plays football? Like, what? And by all reports, this movie's uh, so-so, but his directing is fine. Yeah, I think I think it's something none of us want to admit that, like, I think Fred Durst has directed multiple movies that haven't, like... This is ter- this is this is admittedly not terrible. What are you we doing? Guys, what, what if do? he just yeah. didn't go into music and he just became a director, and then we would just be talking about him like he's a great director? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but then he pops up in a porn occasionally, and I can't forgive that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then he would just be like, Eli "Does everyone in there talk like this? Because this is my <laughs> idea, but people talk like." No, I, I don't. I've never even heard of this movie. Um, but good it, lord. Uh, it did not make its money back, but the reviews were sort of like, eh. Yeah. You know, it's got like a 50 something percent. It's like, it's fair. Eh, but eh. speaking of well reviewed, the next film, like, was highly praised. I went to go see yeah. it in theaters. I loved it. I loved it too. And I have never seen a movie go through this much hype and then fall off forever. I have never Nobody's heard anybody heard mention of it. Yeah. this movie again. Steve Coogan, Hot Off Tropic Thunder, and along with David Arquette and Catherine Keener, makes the movie Hamlet 2. (laughs) They were actors who dreamed of leaving Tucson, Arizona, but no one would give them a chance until one drama teacher came up with a show so offensive, so profane, so stupid, it just might be their ticket to stardom. Hamlet 2? Hamlet 2? The deuce, correct. The time machine opens, revealing Hamlet and... Jesus! Thanks, Jesus. You got my cell number? Yeah. Okay. You have Satan, French, kissing the President of the United States of America. Perfect. I'm glad I'm getting hammered. What's really going on here? Jesus is sexy. Which leads us on to the musical interlude, Rock Me Sexy Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I think this movie's a fucking blast. I loved it. Uh, And yeah, I... I I really liked it. Um, I have some complaints, but yeah, I watched it the other day and it was a lot of fun. Shakespeare level? Is that where the complaints are? (laughs) <laughs> or no, Steve actually, Coogan's my, American my complaint is weirdly with with Catherine Keener. I mm. sort of he, the, basically we have two plots going on. Steve Coogan is a total failure as a teacher, and he keeps trying to like dig into like inspirational teacher movies to, to use those tactics, and the, it's failing horribly. And then, kind of as a subplot, is his relationship with his wife, and they want to have a baby, and it's all falling apart. I feel like we actually didn't need that part. Mm. And mm-hmm. if we just, if he were just single yeah. and just working, working out his issues with his dad by writing Hamlet too, which is about <laughs> time travel and sexy Jesus and Einstein's in there too. And Hamlet's going to go back in time to stop Gertrude from drinking the poison. And also there's a song about getting raped in the face. Uh, <laughs> which is, I mean, See, I, if, we, if we just focused on the show, it would be, I, really would have liked it more okay yeah but it's it's co-written by 
Pam Brady? Like the like the only person other than Trey and Parker and Matt Stone to like write Team America and South Park movie. Oh. Um, which probably yes. explains the musical numbers. Yeah. <laughs> well, that explains it. And I mean, I think there you could probably see flavors of Book of Mormon in mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, of this in Book of Mormon. Probably, yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of love the idea, too. Like, so during this time period in the aughts, this, we were just kind of approaching this irreverent Broadway feel. Like, you know, like, oh, maybe Broadway musicals don't have to be so stuffy and, <laughs> and lame and Madame Butterfly all the time. And so it's like, you know, I kind of feel like this was, like, really ahead of its time for that. Because mm-hmm. this is, like, before Book of Mormon even came out. Okay. So, I mean, it was like, it's kind of a... Is it? Or is it predate Spam 2008? Lighted? Yeah, it should have been, no. right? Book of Mormon cannot be 10 years old. I won't allow it. Even yeah, Team Book America's not 10 years old. It was first stage in 2011. Mm, okay. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. totally thought it was earlier than that. Diana, no, I, I had to great. double... You're not that old. No, I had to double check because I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Did Book of Mormon come out before this? Because this has same flavors. No, it was... It was, but yeah, this yeah. is something I assume would run on cable all the time. It, I think it was rated R. Yeah. But it could... Yeah, but it's just, it's pretty much for language. Yeah. You know, um, I actually watched it as a TV edited version. Mm. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, every you now and then someone would, you know, forget you. And it'd be like, oh, okay, mm. that was, <laughs> I know what that was supposed to be. Yeah, but I really dug Hamlet too. Holy shit. I haven't, I haven't even thought about yeah. it until I look I, I don't know. Like, I can't believe it fell off that hard. It was a really genuinely fun comedy. I have to give it a recommend, actually, totally. this, this week, mm-hmm. definitely. We got to keep going. There's too much bad TV to talk about. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, TV 2008, August 17th to the 23rd. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. On August 17th, All Grown Up concludes after five weird seasons. Hey, you like Rugrats? You like oh. you like Rugrats? <laughs> no, uh, I mean yes, no. but not like this. Rugrats is not glorious. Like it's fine. It's lovely. I'm glad it was there for me in 1991. But mm-hmm. in its 10th anniversary, Nickelodeon made a special called All Growed Up that showed what those characters look like when they grew into middle school age. Uh, that was watched by like 20 million people. So obviously, hey. Nick- Nickelodeon's like this needs to be its its own series, and eventually it was uh, for four to five seasons. But I was not around to watch it, and the kids I know who do watch it like really fucking hate the show. <laughs> like, it, it, but it is genuinely bizarre because I don't, I don't think you have to have like watched Rugrats a lot to like know the, the names of the characters and the voices. Yeah, and it's mostly the same voices. Really? But yeah, they but they age them up a little bit. But like, they're in different situations, and they're eleven to thirteen years old. And this is Chucky and Tommy uh, photocopying their asses. Come on, Chuck. How long does it take to copy your butt? I wasn't sure if I was letter or legal size. Tommy, is it me or does this mold look like Phil? I'll take your word for it. Let's get out of here. Oh, this is so great! Pigboard's gonna freak when he looks up and sees this hanging on his wall. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but this this finally, uh, some would say it's put out of its misery, uh, but... I don't know the show that I don't well. Know. Five seasons is pretty fucking good. It is, for but it's a also like program. I mean, you cannot touch the longevity and popularity of Rugrats in, yeah. on a basic cable level at this point. Nickelodeon's still the, the highest rated cable channel here. And honestly, it's one of those things because I grew up watching Rugrats, and it's kind of one of those things where, on paper, this is a f- great idea, totally. and there's really kind of no reason why it should miss, except for it's just. The it just did. hideous designs of yeah. Klasky Chupo not surviving well in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. And th- there's something that's like, 
not the uncanny valley, but maybe we need a different word for it, whereas you don't want to see like baby versions of a thing you grew up with like turning into an adult. You want it to stay a baby version. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, no, I did. They're cartoon characters. They should be eternally babies. I don't yeah, have to worry about yeah. what they... It's awesome to have a special like that, but mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm going to care to watch that for four years. Yeah. Um, Unless it's the Muppets, then I want them to turn into Muppet babies sometimes. Well, you, good news, because they are back, and there's a lot of Muppet babies merchandise out right now. Oh, boy. Um, speaking of animated cancellations, there's a bunch of them. Uh, and sorry, I don't know more about Chalk Zone, because that comes to a close after uh, four seasons. Also, we say goodbye to Code Monkeys, the terrible G4 <laughs> bit uh, animated mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. created by that guy who was uh, not Gary Busey and I'm with Busey. Um, and also, Adult Swim's Fat Guy Stuck in the Internet. What's it about? I'll let you guess. Uh, that, that comes to a close. But on August 21st, Jesus Christ, uh, Channel Drift, love talking about it, mm-hmm. but like uh, Court TV last year has turned into True TV. Yes. And True mm-hmm. TV... Like, fuck court TV. Like, reality shows are everything. Mm-hmm. That's all we're going to be. And now like, when I watch... Sometimes True TV is the most watchable channel on the dial. Oh. When it's not in Practical Jokers. Can I tell you one of my favorite mm-hmm. uh, television programs what? from last year is on True TV? What? I'm Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I like Adam that Ruins mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. Bobcat, Goldsmith, oh, yeah. Misfits and Monsters. These are all fucking fine programs. Uh, but this is true TV at this point is like really hanging its hat on reality. Okay. And it debuts a stupid fucking show called the principal's office, which is like guaranteed to like both bore you, piss you off and waste your time. Oh, my favorite. It's just a reality show set in a principal's office. And I think this was its most famous clip because I somehow had seen it before. Uh, there's a principal calls two young men into the room about a problem at the dance. Do you have any idea why I called you guys down here? I'm guessing it's because of the dance. Okay. A little dirty dancing. Dirty dancing. Grinding. Okay, that's a good, that might be a good word for it. Grinding is when the guy and the girl is kind of dancing real close, touching. Touching the private parts, private areas. Why did I call you guys and maybe not somebody else? Your leaders. But you have thick hogs. And you're a danger to yourself and others. Quit oh, grinding out there. I don't like anything about this. <laughs> this is just a giant no. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine me calling the princess office? Pass. Saw you rubbing on that lady. And guy. Like, can't do that anymore. Not at our dance. Hardest also, of there's a camera here. And also, you're a minor. Yeah. Well, they don't show it, but it's like, because this is literally yeah, different. Yeah, still just talking about it. It's super embarrassing and weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, those kids' parents signed the release to get their faces on this television program. So. Yep. Yeah, huge mistake. What the, yeah. Yeah, I know. I just weird. know I've seen that before, and I can't remember. It probably was the soup. But, yeah. like, it's, at some point, I might have to just rely on the soup entirely, because if we, you haven't listened to our previous episodes, there's a lot of reality television happening now. I just don't give a fuck about Flavor of Love and who Brett Michaels is being introduced to and yeah. Bridezilla's. I'm not watching that, but it is all new right now. Yeah. Um, but Diana, you know I, more about this next thing than I do. Now, speaking of the soup, this is a historic day, my friends, because August 19th, 2008, was the Spaghetti Cat incident. What? What? So during the syndicated morning show with Mike and Juliet, which only lasted a couple of years, uh, they were doing a story about binge drinking and... One of the people said something that was going to be bleeped, but I guess their mouth was so obvious that they cut to <laughs> they cut to B roll for a second. 
And the B-roll is a really sad looking black cat in front of a big plate of spaghetti. And it is the most random ass confusing moment. It's it's Dada writ large. Please play the clip from the soup. See it for yourself. Experience the wonder. I drove home and she drives like a new Corvette and she was screaming the whole way home. This is a $70,000 car. Be careful. And then the next day I told her and she was really embarrassed that she was saying that. Were you embarrassed that you drove a car? It sobered me up seeing how... (laughs) I chilled for a while before driving because I was like, whoa. God, you need it. You oh owe it to God. yourself to see spaghetti cat. <laughs> you need to see a spaghetti cat. So yeah, that's a clip from the suit so you can hear the crowd laughing. But oh, then, I was... then the argument began of is that a fake cat puppet or is that a real oh, cat? It, it turns out it is a real cat who liked to eat spaghetti in a high chair. Because yeah, I would have I would have gathered puppet like a wow an outtake from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh yeah, my god! But then spaghetti cat became like a whole character on the soup. They kept wheeling out this really bad spaghetti cat puppet. It's <laughs> like there's something about the nonsense of this picture of this image, but just the look on the cat's face. He looks so obs- just sad. Yeah. Just beaten down Dejected. by the prospect oh. of eating spaghetti. That I wonder if I, if I was working on a show, if I could just like do that on purpose. Instead of bleeping <laughs> curse words, I can buy sponsorships for subliminal bleeping. No, that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, but when if I was watching this live, I was like, oh, sweet. They switched it to a better program. <laughs> like, I'd much rather. <laughs> what fucking oh, show is this? There was like two teenage girls talking about driving. Binge drinking. Binge drinking and driving. And driving. What? It's fun. It, it was a different time, 2008. Sure. It was a different time. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's the <laughs> I'm sorry this is hard to recover from that was fucking awesome it was, it was might have to change perfect. all my profile pictures to spaghetti cat do it in honor of the 10th anniversary <laughs> oh fuck that makes me happy I that mean was... I think it makes it better because spaghetti cat looks so dejected it looks like <laughs> he or she is disappointed in these women for binge drinking <laughs> Let's cut to our moral, moral arbiter, Spaghetti Cat. Ooh, disapproving. He's not eating spaghetti. Does... Oh, my God. Oh, goddamn Spaghetti Cat. That's fantastic. Oh, damn. Oh, Jesus. You're not going to make me talk about video games after Spaghetti Cat? Fine. I'm a professional. I can get it together. My teeth hurt from laughing so hard. Jesus Christ. Oh, I don't want to talk about this shit. <laughs> a mini downloadable uh, extended story to Ratchet and Clank Future is out called The Quest for Booty. Um, t- these are a tale of exclusives. Two human. Again, if there was someone else here who likes video games, you'd be like, your eyes would widen right now. Two human was a game announced in, I think, 1999. By a publisher oh, that then was working on Nintendo exclusives that eventually became an Xbox exclusive. And if you worked in the games industry like I did, you made a thousand and one panoramic images to celebrate any new news on this thing because it was one of the most anticipated games in years from a man named Dennis Dyack who had created games like Eternal Darkness uh, and Twin Snakes. And we did a little laser time about uh, one of his other projects. Uh, if you want to read that, like The Unmaking of a Game, because the guy's been pretty notorious for being an online dipshit Gamergate supporter. Guy will lose you a lot of money in the business, uh, as Two Human did. It was anticipated. Can you imagine something being anticipated for almost a decade coming out and being like, oh, this sucks. This is ambitious. It's different, but it's not good. And you had 10 years to get it there. And it wasn't. I remember playing a lot of it and being intriguing and eventually like washing my hands of it. But like it had some 
lack of lack of a better word dark souls quality of like when you die like you want to all your shit falls where you died and you want to run and go get it before you die again because then it'd disappear but the kind of thing that would keep you playing but it was it's a fucking weird game but it's kind of a a long-running industry joke to human uh mm-hmm. that came out 10 years ago this week how about that yo uh comments don't have any right now because we have our own comment show over on patreon.com slash laser time you guys launched that thank you thank you Yay. and uh if you'd like to launch other things including again michael's still threatening a D show with uh diana and i <laughs> among others i would love to hear that extra episodes of video game apocalypse uh quarter or Limited series, including uh, the return of an Elm Street Nightmare for this Halloween, all ab- about an all new an all new season of an Elm Street Nightmare featuring an, uh, a completely different horror franchise. Yep. Which I think I said it a billion times on an other shows, but I'm not going to say it's it okay. here. Tease it. You got yeah. You got to support the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Price of a cup of coffee can help uh, keep you boys and girls supported. Help us uh, get some new equipment. The cat here is tearing stuff up. Uh, and, and yeah, all that. It's uh, nice to support the things that you like. We are 99% listener supported, so we do appreciate it very, very much. But with that plug aside, Di, what's going on? What like? What do you mean? Plugs. What did you hear? I heard you had a Twitter times two. Uh, okay, yeah, I guess I do. Uh, yeah, I have a Twitter. You can follow me at listenanerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or you can follow the show at 302010podcast, that's 302010podcast, uh, where I've been teasing what's coming up. As we head out of Summer of George, I'll probably do a little less extravagantly, but uh, yeah, we got some good movies coming up, so uh, make it gone. Ooh, I look forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Well, with that, Adai's got to tell us about the births and deaths. Uh, I found no famous deaths this week. No. What? Yeah. No, does that mean we've experienced this two times already? No, that's... Not a a couple times. Okay. Just a couple. Where it's like, well, I'm sure plenty of people died, just none that I thought were notable. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. No one important it. enough to talk about well, it. Now we're on I famous get it. sitcoms. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we we definitely have some bursting, right? Oh, birthday. oh, we got a birthday though. You ready for birthday quiz? Birthday yes. quiz. Turning seventy five years old, born August seventeenth, nineteen forty three, in New York City. Uh, he is the child of two painters. Hmm. His parents divorced when he was two, and his dad since came out as gay. Ooh, Mike White. <laughs> no, <laughs> he has more than a hundred credits on IMDb, oh, which shit. I am going to list. In order from the beginning. <laughs> oh, oh, God, please don't. Oh God. Greetings, Samsung, The Wedding Party, Bloody Mama, directed by Roger Corman, Hi, Mom, Jennifer on My Mind, Born to Win, Gang that, shoot, uh, gang that Couldn't Shoot Straight, Bang the Drum Slowly, Don Mean Knotts. Streets, no. Godfather 2, <laughs> Taxi Driver, Robert De Niro. There you go. Boom. Wow. <laughs> Suck it, Sarah. Fa- right. I rule boys for things. Ca- <laughs> how fast did his career take off? Wow. That was like crazy. a couple. Little there over here and over here and over there, and then all of a sudden, kaboom! Godfather wow. two. It was just Mean Streets, right? Yeah, Mean Streets, Godfather two, then Taxi Driver. Mean just, Streets and the Godfather gone. two. Holy shit! That's crazy. Yep. Holy shit! Because I thought he was just as famous as Al Pacino the whole time, but I guess that's not the, that's not the case even slightly. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yep. Oh my God! Love you, love you, uh, Robert De Niro. Um, yeah, De Niro, you should probably retire and save your legacy <laughs> because no one liked Dirty Grandpa. You got enough money, man. Let it happen. Let's just. Let it, let it happen. Just do it. Let it happen. Yep. Yeah. And that, that, uh, I didn't throw in there. He's a junior. Robert Robert De Niro Sr. is uh, actually pretty well known. Eh, it happens all the time with stupid Italian families. Yeah, you should have gone with the junior, man. Don't just confuse like everybody. Father. Yeah, but his dad was dead. If his dad didn't have a SAG card, don't bother. 
Uh, but <laughs> that is it for 30 2010. I got to say, this show is executive produced by uh, Keith Pradnick and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time that support the entire laser time network and help us keep making shows on Video Game Apocalypse, uh, 30 2010, laser time, and more. Uh, you can get, you get over 100 full length movie commentaries, including our recent one like Deep Blue Sea, and we did Blade. So if you want to watch Blade, with your boys Ooh. and girls, you can check it out over there. On uh, you can get all of our commentaries from every Star Wars movie to a bunch of fucking Marvel movies to weird stuff like Black Dynamite that we also mentioned over on Patreon.com/slash Laser Time for the low price of five bucks. We appreciate it; it helps us keep going. Uh, and again, thank you guys so much for that. We have a comment show specifically for thirty twenty ten patrons that comes out once a month. Uh, but we're going to close out with Rock Me Sexy Jesus from Hamlet 2, one of our recommends, along with Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and uh, Married to the Mob. Those were our big recommends this week mm-hmm, in Hamlet mm-hmm. 2. Yep. Uh, but yes, check us out next week. We'll have a whole brand new list of things to talk about because that's how the world works. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Rock me, rock me, rock me, sexy Jesus. He died for our sins. You gotta believe.